The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Noise Need on Twitter. You can find me at CP Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. Oh, good. The new labeling has gone into effect. That's sweet. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seven on Twitter and Instagram and threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings. What up, y'all? Hell yeah. That reminds me of another one I need to bring back into, into play that I just uh, remembered. Um... Which I don't think I don't think we recorded, but happy birthday to a uh, hove. <laughs> this is back on yes. December fourth. Yes, uh, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm sure he is a big fan of the show, so I'm sure he'll sure he'll hear this. But um, you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network. ESPN.us. Do it today. And you can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, like a Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. And we are very much working on getting our Spotify feed back up and current. Yes, and apparently we don't have to worry about Google Podcasts for too much longer because they're shuttering that just like they do every other thing. Uh, damn shame really a really really a damn shame um but also we record most normally uh 9 30 eastern standard time on thursdays on the channels of the youtube uh well the youtube's the click wow did that all kind of messed up the click nation's youtube page youtube.com slash the click nation and twitch.tv slash chronicles Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us positive reviews. Uh, click the notification button so that you know when we're on live. And guess what, folks? We are probably going to be recording on our regular on our regular schedule, at least for the very near future, probably for the next month. So um, at least from what I can tell in terms of the holidays as well as um, our own personal schedules. But obviously that is subject to change. So please stay tuned to our socials to find out and to listen to our show to find out if we are in fact recording at our normal times uh, each week. Thank you. Indeed. Actually, this gives me a chance to do something. Um, and shout out to, to Benji games too. Who's in, who's on, on deck. <laughs> uh, right off the bat. Um, what's up Benji games too. 
So, uh, so shout out to him. Uh, uh, and I actually just get the shout out command just works. Yay. So everything's working with the bot. Thanks, Doom. Uh, anyway, folks, we are going to get blasting into the show because we got a good bit of stuff to talk about from this week. Starting off with uh, Monarch Legend. Ooh, wow, wow. What is the name of the thing? Monarch um, Legacy of Monsters. Right. Episode 5. Right. What, do you have the title of it? You know what? I don't... I don't. Did they Give me one second. Titles? I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Episode 5 is titled The Way Out. Thank you. Because I... You know what? I never really haven't really been paying attention to the fact that they had titles. Right. <laughs> And what's interesting about this, and, and I'll get the conversation started with uh, with the, you know, it's, believe it or not, uh, very much a play on what the episode deals with, which is a travel, which is the, 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 the main group of, um, of uh, 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 the Scooby gang, basically. I was say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping back into the ruins of San Francisco, circa the first, the circa just immediately after the first um, Godzilla appearance in the Legendary Universe, and obviously you have to remember that this this show jumps around timelines quite a bit, but basically centers on that period immediately after the first appearance of Godzilla. And the fight against the Mutos in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this first episode deals with um, one of the characters returning to um, some of their uh, worst memories, dealing with their trauma, and having these other characters along for the ride. And we get to see uh, Tamla Tamita how she's doing and how she's doing nowadays. Yes, as and as, as I was going to say. Um... Tamla Tomato doesn't get enough flowers because, you know, she's... No, not enough. She's a... As, as I was talking to uh, Agent 70 about something else, like, she's, she's, a, she's a hitter acting-wise. Acting so, you mm-hmm. know, whenever you, uh, you get her on screen or, or voice, in, in voice in voice form, as we are finding out, um, you can get some good stuff. So. Yes, in another, in, another, in another property we are about to discuss shortly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so wait, so did we, that's what I was going to ask you. Did we talk about four, episode four last week? Because I, I remember we were kind of, kind of skirting things all the way around, but I don't remember so, we actually talked about four. We can talk about four very quickly, um, just to make sure, because at the end of the day, four was an intense episode because it had a lot of kaiju action, right. a very new and different kaiju action. <laughs> Which was very interesting to see. Like this was a, a a completely new and novel kaiju that the the Scooby Gang had to deal with and figure out a way to deal with. So you know it, it was pretty pretty cool, right? So yeah, so basically four was basically uh, uh, old Lee and the and the Scoobies, as Agent Seventy called it, were stuck in a frozen tundra thanks to this new t- uh, kaiju whose name while not given in the show is called frozen Valk, I believe because, Oh, okay. Yes. Because I've seen articles uh, from the showrunners talking about it. Uh, but I don't think they actually named them in the show, but basically they dealing with them and getting to their current predicament, um, in episode five, that's the nutshell version of it. So that, which brings us to five and, um, 
them having to deal with the folks that they were trying not to get to to um to, to come across in the first place. Right. But you know, as Agent Seventy said, end up um given uh as said in the show, a long leash. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least most of it anyway, excuse me. The the, the younger the younger cast is on the is on the leash and uh uh the the uh the leash shot character um, old Jack Burton is uh, s- still hemmed up, right? In a, in a and ways. what's sorry? Go ahead. No, no, I'm good. You're good. What I was going to add, though, uh, and 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 let me know what you think about this is that Monarch I thought was very aptly described in this episode as being uh, what was it, the CIA but for monsters, kind or for of, kaiju? Yes. Right, I kind of I like that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that works. Oh, what's it the FBI for? But either way, but yes, either way, either way, either way very secretive, very right. agency, very you know bureaucratic, but very secretive. You know, right? And and like you said, yes, yeah, quite accurate. Well, formally, quite accurate. Like we don't actually know what we don't know how they got to this point to where they're just kind of just secret societying things, or you know, just you know, secret squirrel and everything. Um, right to do with it, but yeah, that is pretty much why they were formed at the very least. Right, and they're supposedly still kind of doing that. Even one of the other characters was like, "Yo, this is supposed to be," the, and I think it's probably the character you're talking about. Like, "Yo, we're supposed to be doing this and da 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 da." And what what the hell's going on? You know, basically. So, mm. but yeah, this was a pretty good episode. In addition to what Agent Seventy said, we also found out um, uh, the same character that was dealing with their trauma trauma also found out that they were more like the the parent they're seeking out than than they wanted to ever admit to or at least the audience finds this out she already they she already knew so now which kind of means a couple of things or could potentially means a couple of things like obviously there's going to be some confrontation with her with herself with this but also since they're trying to find uh, someone, I assume this person still is going to eventually get found within the next couple of ep- episodes. Uh, assuming, because I can't, I can't imagine them going through this whole thing and just I'm like, well, we're going to do this, 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 and we just not find this person. Like this person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's a couple of things that are revealed between episodes four and five right. about the, the the character they are searching for. Right. So. So and as I was telling, asking the or the, the saying to Agent Seventy before the show, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not sure what the, where they're trying to get to at the end of this show or slash season because we don't know if they're actually going to pull another season out of this or or not, or whether this is just going to be it. But where they're going to end up at the end of this, uh, that's supposed to infer what's going to go on in the, um, you know." In the future of the MonsterVerse, basically, right? So, because we do know that you know that that one that next uh, um, Zilla Kong movie is coming up at some point, right? I wonder if they're gonna have like a lead-in into that. There it is. That and that that is the like I said that is the other question. It looks like I, I like throughout that whole thing, Monarch has just been kind of this thing that's like, yeah, we know we. You know, it's a name that's been coming up. We've been seeing some innards and this and the other, but this is our inside look to that. But to what end or where we get into going forward is going to be the big question of this. Right. So, 
But otherwise, that hey, it's been a great show. Like I said, um, Tamil Tamita is always a treat to see. Um, the, the, you know, uh, I there hasn't been a I can't say there has been a bad show yet. Like I know people are like, yeah, it's slow and they don't get to the action, da da da, da this and that. But there's always going to be those people. Like sometimes you can right. pace things, and that and that's which brings me to this because the pacing of the show is like, well, we we have hot as they just said and said before the show. There's a lot we've already gotten in these five episodes, and we still got a lot to get to in the next five right. episodes. Right, so. right, right, right. And I, you know, I give the acting and the actors a lot of credit. They really cast this show pretty well. You know, I think the person that gets the most short shrift is probably Kiersey Clemens, but um, I, you know, I really like you know what they've been doing with some of these actors, and, we're, and we haven't seen the last of them. Right. Because we're going to go back into back in time, basically, and see um, Dr. Miura and the OG Randa and Wyatt Russell's, um, uh, which we'll call it, call the character, you know, the Colonel Colonel Shaw. Colonel yeah. Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've just I've just called him Young Lee and Owie Lee at this point because there's no. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, speaking of, there was a a, a very cool thing. I mean, probably slightly predictable, but it was a very cool thing that happened in the midst of uh, episode five that pretty much merged the two together. I don't know if Agent Seven remembers that scene. There was a scene with Old yeah. Shaw uh, overlay. Yeah, yes. there was an overlay. Yes, mm-hmm. and it was like they and they pretty much put 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 their movements together. I was like, all right, that was that was pretty nice. Uh, I see what you did there. That was pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. They basically overlaid one over the other, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's how they are related." That's mm-hmm. you can see facial resemblance. There it is. As if, as if folks outside of that didn't already know that. But it's like, yeah, we get, we get it. But it, 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 that's what it's saying. It was like it's one of those mov- moments where you could be like, "Okay, yeah, we get it." But it was actually still a cool moment the way they did it. Right. So, like, even if you did not know they were they were father and son, or the the character supposed to be the same character, I'm, I'm, and I don't know how you would not have known at this point, even like you just really not paying attention to the show, um, you know, that was a cool moment because like, yeah. part of me was thinking like, I wonder if they were actually going to put them together. Like, is it going to be some time travel thing where they actually see each other in actual physical form, mm-hmm. or maybe this is just it? Which, I mean, if this is just it, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Like this is going to be the, the the coming together of the two characters, and and there's not going to be that thing. I'm like, oh, what? young me is meeting old me, which would probably be seem kind of ridiculous, you know, if actually played out. But you know, could work. Right. So. Yeah, it could. Either way, great stuff. Um, next episode drops the next time we record, which will be in a few days, Thursday, I think. Um, so yeah, that's um, looking forward to checking that out. So now we're going to actually move into unless Agent Seventy's got uh, something else to say about Monarch. No, no, that's that, that's it. We have a couple of shows to talk about though. That Roddy Cat has a couple of properties and and items that Roddy Cat has not watched. <clears throat> I recently uh, uh, took in and I wanted to just talk about them very quickly in very non-spoilery terms. So no need to ring the spoiler bell, really. Um, first up, what I'll talk about is another show. Um, that is a blue eye samurai. That is an anime. We can't really call it an anime, but, but we can call it an animated show on Netflix because it is basically a Western show, but it has, it draws very much from Eastern roots. 
you know, it is a samurai show. That's not spoiling anything. All you have to do is watch a commercial and that's what you see. Um, there are some very familiar themes that are explored, but some very unfamiliar themes as well in regards to, you know, uh, Edo, you know, like, a uh, like, a you know, that particular era of Japan, like the Edo era, like pre Tokyo, pre, you know, like, uh, 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 you know, pre 20th century, basically. Right. So, um, one of the highlights of this is the writing. The writing is solid. The animation is phenomenal. The art is beautiful. Like it's like demon slayer level, beautiful. And, you know, I think the topper to it is the voice casting and without spoiling who they're playing here, just some of the actors who lend their voices to characters in this show. Maya Erskine plays the lead that, you know, she's an actor who is gaining um, some steam in, uh, in, in Hollywood right now. George Takei uh, is, uh, plays a character. Masi Oka, remember him from Heroes? He plays a fun character. Brenda Song, a name that you might recognize if you're a Disney XD or Disney Channel person. Uh, Darren Barnett. I'm sorry. If uh, if you're younger than us. (laughs) Right. If you're younger than us. uh, Darren Barnett is a name that I do not recognize, but I'm happy to say is definitely part Asian. So he passes, you know, he passes the test to get onto this cast. Uh, Randall Park has has a role. Believe it or not, Kenneth Branagh plays a character. Uh, uh, voices a character. So does Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of names that you might recognize, like Ming-Na Wen, um, uh, Harry Shum Jr., Mark DeCascos, Stephanie Hsu. Uh, you know, that's just, you know, like, look at how many char- uh, how many uh, actors I've already rattled off uh, that you will, you know, recognize from, you know, recent uh, Hollywood and uh, even older Hollywood. So, you know, it's kind of fun to see these these uh, actors lending their voice to something like this. And you'll hear them, right? They they will put on an affect to to mask their voice, but some of them are unmistakable. So they're a lot of fun to listen to. Listen, the show, like Roddy Cat was just talking to me about um, how he hasn't heard that much about it, but he has heard positive word of mouth. And I am here to lend my voice to that group of people who are giving this positive word of mouth. Anything to add before I move on to Godzilla minus one? Uh, no, like, like we were talking before the show, like there's, you know, the, 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 the name was that eight to seventy just rattled off, you know, of the, of the voice cast kind of speaks for itself. Like those, you know, it's a stacked deck of of, um, of of a talent on that joint, and I've right. seen the animation. Um, so it's like like I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but I'm damn sure, or I'm going to check it out at some point soon. Yes, these episodes are meaty. They're like the shortest episode is 35 minutes long. Most episodes are 45 minutes long. The longest is like an hour and two minutes. Right, so these is, are very meaty episodes. Right, which is kind of surprising as we were talking about before the show, but kind of surprising for anime. So Right, 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 right. All right, next up, folks. This movie has done extremely well in the theaters for a live-action Japanese monster movie, right? Um, it, what I'm talking about is Godzilla minus one. 
and you know, which is basically a retelling of the OG Gojira, the OG Godzilla minus Raymond Burr, right? Not the Raymond Burr version, the OG version, right? It's very much centered upon Japan post World War II and things that have, you know, things that are going on in Japan. And that's what makes um, Godzilla like such a, a uh, an incredible, devastating uh, event creature to deal with post World War II and the defeat at the hands of the Allies, right? So I will say that um, there is believe it or not a human story that is very well done it is probably the best human story ever told in a godzilla movie far and away one of the biggest things you hear from people who watch any godzilla movie from the earliest versions to the current versions is that they're just wading through the human stories to get to the monsters punching each other right or the monsters being, you know, attacked by the army or the whatever, right? Let them fight. That's yeah, exactly. That honestly is not the case in minus one. You will actually be affected by the human story. And that's not even spoiling anything. You will hear that more and more in any reviews you see or read that you read or hear. In the in the in you know you know since this movie has been released now, I will say in closing that they initially ran uh, had a one week theatrical run in the U.S. for this movie. They extended it another week, which pushes it to the 14th. We are recording today on the 10th, so you only have a few more days to book tickets. Don't wait until the 14th and risk not getting into a theater to watch it. Try to see this as soon as you can for the folks who are watching us live. Try to get some tickets to go see it. Um, for the folks that hear this um, via podcast, I hope you get this in time and get to this point in the show and get a ticket to watch this movie while it's in the theater because it's worth it. It's worth it to go to the theater. This is a big screen experience. I would not be mad. If I watched this for the first time at home, because I do have a halfway decent sound system at home, you you know, you want to hear the Godzilla roar, right? But my TV screen isn't terribly big. It's okay, right? I don't have like the 80 plus screen, 80 inch screen TV, right? Uh, but I think this is something that's worth seeing in the theater. So get out there and see it. Listen, if it keeps doing gangbusters in the theaters, maybe they'll extend it another week. But Listen, post-COVID, a lot of movies don't stay in theaters that long. It's, a, it's amazing that they're actually extending it because they're making money. You know, it, it was fair of them to be conservative and say, yeah, we're going to do a week release in the U.S. And then, you know, play it by ear. And they were right. I think that's, that, that's a perfectly good business plan for the movie release, for the, for the domestic, or not the domestic, but the U.S. release for this movie. But now, you know, now that uh, the, the second week is coming, you know, as it, we're, we're partway through that second week, you know, hopefully uh, uh, people who want to see it multiple times or, 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 or want to see it and just haven't gotten around to it, get to see it before it leaves the theaters. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, even if you have, you've probably already seen it by now, because chances are the, the buzz on this one was was pretty pretty uh, pretty good going into it. And if you're a, a fairly decent um, Godzilla fan like Agent Seventy, and and in some in some ways myself, you know, you you were probably already. I have not seen it yet, but that's, that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, 
And I'm glad you said that because I had an article about the fact that they were extending it and totally forgot to put it in there. So I'm glad you said that. Also, there was some other news while we we're at it that apparently uh, Godzilla minus one overtook Oppenheimer, which is funny in a couple of different ways, obviously. <laughs> in oh, you mean in terms of the rating, right? Not in terms of money, though. No money. Oh, really? I believe so. Nice. Well, I think, wait, was it ratings? Definitely. But I want to say it might have been money, too. I, I might be wrong about the money, but it was definitely ratings. Well, you know, top the. I was gonna say, you know, it just topped the the the, the box office this past weekend. This right. weekend, right? Miyazaki, the boy oh, yeah, and the heron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also yeah, saw that. I just me. saw. I just saw an article on that. I have Actually, not gone out to see that. Well, um, I yeah, gotta make. It. I gotta make time to go see that. But I Godzilla minus one that. landed in third place. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, well, yeah, but it was like, yeah, the funny part it was like, yeah, Oppenheimer, of course, because for one, for I'm a hyper <laughs> Godzilla, Godzilla, let's just say, uh, probably wouldn't be right. as much of a thing. So exactly. it makes sense that Godzilla exactly. is, did, uh, is rating better. <laughs> but that being said, what were you going to say? No, I, you know what's amazing? I don't know if it's the strike. It's got to be the strike. But I'm looking at the top 10 box office movies right now. The week of December 10th. The Boy and the Heron is number one. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is number two. But Godzilla Minus One is number three. Trolls is number four. Trolls Band Together. And that Wish movie is number five from Disney. Yeah. And number six is the Beyonce Renaissance film. <laughs> I, actually, I've heard more, more things about you know the Beyonce movie than any of those movies outside of uh, Godzilla. Recently, right, but that's but that's only because there's a lot of apparently I follow a lot of uh, Beyonce stands or something. Um, yeah. So yeah, there there is that. Um, what else was I, I going to say? Oh wait, there it is. Had to put that in there. But yeah, I do have an article in there about the boy and the heron, but it's not what you said. What you just said. So yeah, right, right, right. Because this is that. this is recent. Like this is like within the last like four or five hours they dropped. Mm-hmm. So the Miyazaki film is number one at the box office, which is incredible. That's what I was going to say. People, people show up for a Miyazaki film, and this is his last one. I mean, well, it, he, he's already had his last one, but he came out of retirement for this one, so obviously, so you know the the, the Miyazaki stands was already going to come out for it. So, right. no surprise at all. Right, <clears throat> right, right, right. I just got to make time to go watch that. Should be right. fun. I, I, I should feel bad, and I, I do, and I kind of don't, but I've never seen... I've never seen a full uh, Miyazaki film. I think not even Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke. I mean, or, or My Neighbor Totoro. So Mononoke, I think I watched like the first five ten minutes, and then I was like, I'll come back to it at some point. And I think mm-hmm. it was a dub also, which I know the the voice casting on that is you know some people we, you know, but it's like yeah, yeah the dubbing, the dubbing voice cast, yeah, right. So, um. actually, weirdly enough, because of something I was uh, a podcast I was listening to, I kind of want to watch a uh, Porco Rosso. Um, because because of a podcast I just recently listened to, but you know, one of these days I get around to them. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's it's, it's a me thing. It's not. In, it's, it's not a. You know, yeah. They, they yeah. I mean, movies. those are the three that I've watched so far. Right. Uh, Totoro, My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. I still have Nausicaa. Like on my list in terms of like the recommendations, <clears throat> there's Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, My Neighbors, The Yamadas, mm-hmm. uh, Howl's Moving Castle, and Kiki's Delivery Service. Those are the ones that are on my list Porco that have been recommended to me. What's Porco, that? Porco Rosso wasn't on there. 
No. No, no, no. I mean, I can add it. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I don't. I can't. I can't say you. You should or shouldn't. But I'm surprised those self same those the self people who said those didn't mention it. Gotcha, uh, gotcha, gotcha. But either way, uh, that is a whole. That's an, another thing for another time. Uh, uh, not it's uh, Benny says he wants to see Hunger Games. I'm like, yeah, because I do remember uh, I was doing some other things, uh, doing another stream, and Benji mentioned uh, Hunger Games. So uh, I do remember that. I thought you had seen it by by now, though, Benji. But either way. Uh, we are going to move on to the books of the week, starting off with Amazing Spider-Man number 39. Amazing Spider-Man number 39 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, uh, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters. Of course, of course the letters on a Spidey book are done by our favorite lettering Python. VCs Joe Caramagna. We are in we are deep deep into the gang war storyline now. At least the opening salvo of the of the gang war storyline. And we get to see some, you know, kind of B-list villains trying to make a name for themselves and you know, let's face it, a lot of these gang war uh, wannabe crime bosses are kind of B-list, but some of them aren't. But the ones that we get to see featured in this issue kind of are pretty B-list. But we see them take each other on, which is kind of fun, right? We get to see what um, one character who I never, you know, I, I never took seriously, and and hardly anyone takes seriously, do something pretty, pretty dirty. To just two passersby, right? It's right at the beginning of the issue, yes. right? Roddy Cat knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. just like, "Oh, damn, that's dirty!" Like, "Damn, that's that that's pretty rough to see." Right? You so know, the, but the, to, but but uh, no, but no, no I'll, uh, yeah, let me just there. you know, I'll just I, you know, that's just one point I wanted to make, and I wanted to pass it on to to Roddy Cat by saying that we get to see. A little bit of the 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 team that Spidey forms, but then the team, you know, breaks the cardinal D&D rule of breaking up the party. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw that in my notes, but thank you. I, I no, I did not. I did not. But I figured I would hand it off to Roddy Cat with that. So but but it, in this in this case, it does make sense because we know all of those folks have their books tied to gang war and this was just them saying alright we're going to put them together right now and then split them off into their own books that's all this was right uh, but that, but going back to what you said for about the beginning of, uh, two things there, apparently there are two ringmasters rolling, rolling around because there's oh there two, are yes because there's a female ring ringmaster who I think I, I just saw her in something recently and I, and I thought it had something to do with uh, Beetle but I can't remember if that was the case or not um, and then but this is the OG one. ringmaster right. that we're used to seeing. Okay, right. So, but I was like, cause, so it kind of messed me up. I was like, wait, so he's still around, and this other one's just kind of took the name or whatever. But, but that was that was a, that was neither here nor there. But um, and I don't know if it was because of JJR's art or whatever. I could have sworn that couple that that uh, we see in the beginning was like uh, Robbie for for like two seconds. 
but like Robbie and his oh, I mean, a li- they're a little bit more heavy set, but I, I get know, it. yeah, yeah. But if, but that's what I say. I don't know what's that, but but it didn't make sense to me. It was like, wait, we know Robbie would not be around here because he would be where he is now, not to spoil anything for you know where he's where he's doing. So I was like, that didn't make any sense until I was like, oh wait, no, that's just not them. Okay, <laughs> right, because Robbie, show, Robbie literally shows up like right. several pages later. So yeah, right. So, but outside of that, so um, yeah, it, the, the the gist of it has pretty much been going through. There's a couple of funny moments, but this is weirdly enough a, a particular click of the week for me, and I hate, uh, I don't hate myself for saying that, but it's it's almost genuinely earned. Hmm. Um. Because of a couple of things, and one of those things happened to do with Madam Mask and, and Hammerhead. Yes. Um, and then there and the banter with uh, the uh, Spidey and She Hulk near the end was another um, was another thing. And then um, White Rabbit actually has a a, a a funny moment. So there, there's a there's a combination of fun. Oh, the crime master and aim thing was also a nice fun. So there was a, a series of like moments in this issue. It was like, all right, you know what? You, yeah, there's a lot going on here, but um, I see, I see what's going on here. It's it's, it's pretty cool. Whether it stays stay that way, you know what? We're still in the hands of Tip Wells. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say that, but, you know, you know. Because he has True. had him do stuff, but let's face it, we've, we've, we've already balked about some of his uh, earlier stuff coming yeah. into this. Um, yeah, yeah. We're coming in with uh, with very critical eyes on mm-hmm. this story. So if he, can, if he can impress us, obviously more power to him. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And that's pretty much it. Like I said, the, the, the 8 to 7, pretty much already said it. They, and we already talked about it. Like they split the party and off to their own books they go. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much that. Right. They also set up you know, they kind of circle back to um, something from a previous story, from a previous arc, a previous uh, run. You talk um, about the Monster Metropolis thing? No. Well, that one, but two, um, the character that She Hulk and Spidey have to kind of contend yes. with teaming up with. Yes. Yes. That's another kind of recent callback. <laughs> I like Spider Man. We don't, we don't, we don't, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, that was a callback to the first joint, actually, wasn't it? Like the, the 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 previous game war or something, right? Or was that no? That was no. That was actually more recent, like you said. But yeah, um, yeah, it was anyway. a more recent run. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, this is listen. Anything that happens sometimes is funny. Is that anything that and any stories that we've read since we've been doing uh, the Comic Chronicles all tend to blur together because we've been reading them for so long. It's true, and yeah, if you've been here, yeah, like I said, if if folks have been here when I replayed one of our older episodes or two of our older episodes, you you will during the last one you will hear me say <laughs> talk about some things that have happened since since that has happened and right. some things that have been drastically the same, sadly. Um, right. So I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Either way, um, yeah, here we are, game war, full effect. So yeah, it's, it's it is what we are what we're here for and i guess we'll be along for the ride for this until something until something happens to word to say all right no i'm out for this right there there's another there are another seven crossover issues this month for gang war i was just looking at the checklist yeah yeah because you know they were going of course we were going to do that it's mm-hmm. it, it's one it's a spidey book two it's a it's, it's an event so they're right. going to they are going to uh the wheel's gonna fall off of this joint. 
Pretty much, pretty much. All right. So, President yeah. Barb. What's next? What did we say? Alpha Flight number five of five. All righty. Alpha Flight number five of five. So we already know that this is a limited series coming out of the pages of Fall of X. Um, it's written by Ed Brisson with art by Scott Godlewski and David Cutler. Colors by Matt Miller and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Uh, in this issue, we see the after effects of one of the characters being selfish. You know, we described that in our review of the last issue and things go from bad to worse. But um, this did not play out the way I thought it would because it didn't have a lot of finality to it. Uh, there are elements in this issue that will be carried forward in future X-Books. And I'll and I'll uh, hand it off to Radicat. Mm. Yeah, uh, Benji asked something I'm, I was trying to address in chat, but I'll address it in a second. But let me get to this book. Um, yeah, so I was not expecting the end to happen the way it did. But right. I, as I said, as I as I said in my notes, I'm slightly not surprised by it actually, because this is an Alpha Flight book. <laughs> it's gonna go one way or the other. Um. But um, at the same time, it's like, huh. I, it felt like it could have opened itself up, but the way the, the fall of X stuff is coming to a head and, you know, I, as the, the end of this book says, like, yeah, there's going to be apparently some folks showing up um, in, in, a, uh, in another Xbox soon. And it might not be these folks. Other, and right. I was also kind of surprised and slightly glad, weirdly enough, to see the couple of people that shows up in this book. Former, uh, former flighters of note. So I was like, "Huh, that's a, that was a surprise." And, and I even forgot one of them was even in Apple Flight. Alpha Flight. <laughs> it's funny when I heard you say Alpha Flighters. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I, I just read that because that's how they describe them in the lead up to where these characters may be appearing next." Mm-hmm. That's funny. So, but yeah, this was a, a, a decent book. And I, I can't say it's a good send off for him, but it, it was a, it was a decent right. book. Right. It's not even a send off to be honest, because it's definitely, it's not even teased. It's just said, uh, you know, there's more to come. Right. You know, there's more to come. They actually tell us like, Hey, there are things happening, uh, in the pages of other X books that might have, that might affect, uh, these characters. So, and one non-X book. Right. Um, right, right, right. And speaking of, yeah, that's pretty much that. Uh, let us get into the next book, which is X-Men 29. X-Men 29 is written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Joshua Cassara, colors by Marte Gracia, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So if you thought they introduced those Latverian mutants for no reason, you were wrong. Because, of course, they're going to come back. Of course, they're going to circle back to them for some reason. And this issue shows us what that reason is or what those reasons are. And I'll hand it off to Radigat. So, yeah, Doom. So, once upon a time, time, Doom really wanted to be Reed Richards. And some some shades of that is still there. Now he wants to be Charles Xavier, apparently. Kind of. And it was funny coming into this book uh, how... 
close that actually is. <laughs> right. Especially if you right. get to one page uh, where he has a, a similar item that Charles Xavier now has with him now. Right. Over his head. Device. Yes. Very doomed design. Right. Very much. Also, yeah, you could kind of take that a couple of different ways, especially with a pack on his head, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we knew Doom had these had these folks here for nothing, and there was, of course, uh, references back to um, Fantastic Four versus X Men or whatever that was from that most recent one. There was shades of that, uh, or at least there was references to that uh, going on for whatever other reasons. So, yeah, clearly, and the fact that we know, well, we now know that Doom. I just not to spoil it. Doom is pretty much being Doom with what he knows and what he is letting others know or what he knew already and what he's letting other folks at this point, because apparently at some point he's going to be, he's going to be, uh, come back in into play or during this whole fall of X stuff in what way we don't exactly know. Also, apparently doom's grooming someone else. Like, hasn't he got enough of that with, um, with, um, with victorious and, um, what was it? What was the kids? The uh, uh how did I forget? Christoph, Christoph, yeah, <laughs> yes. Now he's got another one. He's kind of looking too. He's like, hmm, this could be an heir. Like, right, oh, exactly, exactly. Calm down, Doom. Don't yeah, you? Like, I was gonna say, don't you remember that all went bad with Victorious again? Exactly. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh which has to do boy. with a person that we may or may not talk to talk about in a, in a few short minutes. Um, oh. But that being said, yeah, X Men twenty nine. Uh, was interesting for this, and like I said, we'll, we'll just, it's a wait and see and to see how this is going to play out in the bigger, uh, the grand scheme of things. Also, Doom did kind of diss Cap Shield and Stilt Man in a way, and I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of messed up. It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, also he was also slightly channeling uh, Magneto uh, in one panel because you could tell with with these mutants if you if you look at a certain panel, it's like. Okay. Yeah, we know where your influences are, sir. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. So that was pretty funny. Um, is that the last one we said we were going to do, or did we? Well, no. Invincible Iron Man oh, number yeah. thirteen is mm-hmm. in the X corner of the Marvel Universe right now. Mm-hmm. Invincible uh, Invincible Iron Man number thirteen was written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Juan Frigeri, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by our favorite lettering Python yet again, VCs Joe Caramagna. So, Emma Frost and Tony Stark, minor spoiler alert if you've not been keeping up, are carrying on like they are a married couple, but in a slightly different form, right? Uh, Emma's in a different guise because of the whole fall of X stuff, right? Now, they have to carry on, well, they're looking to carry on... um, uh, 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 an, uh, a secret covert, you know, a covert mission to help uh, Tony create uh, a new armor. But in order to do that, they have to go off world and they have to recruit some uh, help. And the help that they recruit is very interesting, kind of out of left field, but definitely from the Avengers archives. But also relatively f- recently relevant because of the Eternals movie. There we go. I'll leave I was, it at that. I was waiting for you to get to that. 
I'll leave it at that, and I'll hand it off to Radigat. And actually, speaking of also other MCU leanings, uh, we get uh, some impersonators that come into play, which is like, okay, that's that's a smart move right there. That is also right. some would argue is a uh, MCU facing recent of recent. Yes. So, um, but yeah, it was cool. As I was telling the Age of Seventy before the show, I was like, you know what? I don't know how long, if if at all past Fall of X, they're going to keep this Tony and Nimba thing coming up. But it does feel like they do have, if not anything, they're coming to an understanding with each other, whether feelings are coming into, actually coming into play during this whole thing or not. That it sounds like something that they would do, but I don't know for how long that would, you know, again, is going to or will last if it, if it is allowed to happen. Uh, but if it does, I would be curious to see you know, what happens with it or what could happen with it. Like you would think they would be button heads or not, but being that I guess they, they have found they have kind of common ground and kind of are kind of alike in certain ways. It's like, it it, it kind of makes some sense, but yeah. So the, the, the the issues kind of had a couple of things going on. Like it it was pretty much saying most of it, but there was a part of it that, um, uh, at the end, that has to do with a certain meeting, another meeting of um, Riri and another ex character, who you would think would have some possible um, some possible bond, and they do apparently because they bond over the thing that is not the the thing that you would think they would be bonding over before. As I say in my notes, a possible MCU slash classic villain references come, come reference comes in at the end. Yeah, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And kind of that unaware. was very weird. Yeah, but also I feel like uh, that's probably okay. At some point, well, that's Duggan, going to... what I was going to say. That's hold that thought. That's okay. Duggan at least trying to maintain his story while intertwining this in the X corner. Yes. That that is that is exactly that, and the next issue seemed like does is going to go a little bit further into that, um, at least on one part. If the last page um, is to be taken for value, so right. but it may, and it makes sense. It was like because we haven't seen too much of it, and 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 you got to kind of do that every now and then to kind of keep people like, oh hey, guess what? This stuff is still here, by the way. Right. So right. makes sense. Um, and I'm still not entirely sure what to even make of that. So, which, you know, I guess the sooner this whole X thing kind of gets out of the way so that can, you know, that can get to going, well, then um, I guess the better, hopefully, if it's, if it's a good story. We don't know. I mean, I, I have no reason to doubt Duggan at this point. <laughs> so, but it was like, they just, it was like yeah, it was kind of weird to see, but at the second that you, you think about it a second, you get it in this, in this, uh, yep. in this, uh, in this frame. That being said, though, I think it is uh, time for us to push over into the rapid fires. Yes, it is time to start our rapid fire reviews. I ain't got time to bleed. All righty. First up is Avengers number eight. It's written by Jed McKay with art by CF Via. Colors by Federico Blee and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So we encounter our heroes right back where we left them at the end of the previous issue. Two heroes dealing with these new characters and the rest of the Avengers being under the influence 
and threat of Nightmare. And interestingly enough, Nightmare has a beef that is very personal, not not very business. This is very <laughs> much the opposite of what's in The Godfather. This is very personal. Right. You know, it's not a business, right? So, um, it's, you know, <laughs> also, it's, it's funny how the Avengers at least try to start progressing past that particular problem that they're dealing with in, in the form of nightmare. Um, at the same time, this group that, uh, that Wanda and vision are left facing this new group. What are they called? The twilight court. The twilight of cheese. We're running out of good names, folks. I mean, so the, the twilight court, right? So, you know, uh, you know, is it, is it, is it, I don't. I have some bad jokes that I—they're not even dad jokes. They're bad. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we are another step further into seeing if uh, McKay is able to establish these characters as viable threats to the Avengers. Anything and to add? As, as of this issue, we have seen as much as far as the, the two—the the ones that that have encountered the Avengers that, that are still able to fight at this point. Or right. were able to fight until the end of the uh, until the year. I, I like you. I did like um, how that whole thing with nightmare. I was like, why? My point was uh, like, wait, I get it. Your butt hurt because you've been <laughs> you've been handled <laughs> a couple of times quite recently. So I get it, and um, and I do love the solution for it because Thor was like, oh, is that all? <laughs> you can have it, man. Come on. <laughs> Like this means nothing to me. Right. Can, <laughs> that's basically right. what he's like saying, you know. Right. But also, he was like, and he almost said the thing because he was like, uh, uh, "Yeah, but after this is over, we go have some words." I was like, "All right, bet, cool. I want to see that." So anyway, exactly. Continue. Exactly. All righty. Next up for me is Daredevil number four. It's written by Saladin Ahmed, with art by Herman Peralta, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So if you have been keeping up with with uh, the show and with Daredevil recently, this current run, coming off the Zdarsky run and immediately into the Saladin Ahmed run, you will know that I have been very much reading this and reviewing this enthusiastically because uh, the conceit of the story is so simple yet still so novel for the daredevil concept that I can't believe we are now four issues in and we're really seeing some, you know, some aspects of it being played up to an extent that I never thought we'd see in a daredevil book. Right. We also get the return here though, of one of daredevils, you know, arch nemeses and, uh, you know, it's no surprise that uh, a new run would bring this character into the fold, you know, pretty quickly. But um, I will say that uh, this was, you know, just a, a good, well put together book, a potential click of the week for me. Almost always Dare, is Daredevil right now. So, um, it, you know, it's just a, a lot of great fun um, and some, you know, real interesting, uh, like I said, some real interesting um uh, concepts that are being played with here. Next up is Fantastic Four number 14. It's written by Ryan North with art by Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Brian Reber, and letters again by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. I know that Roddy Cat 
will have something to say about this issue. What I will say about it, though, is that there is a bit of uh, misdirection at the end of this book. But leading up to that misdirection, we have an interesting, most definitely pre-gang war story that involves some of um, uh, what do they call themselves? The uh, the, the sin- they're not the Sinister the, Six. What do they call the Syndicate? Oh, Sinister Syndicate, right? No, no, the Syndicate. I think it's just oh, the they're just the Syndicate. Okay, yeah. all right. So we get the Syndicate um, uh, uh, messing around with an app, and most of what this issue is about is dealing with. I don't know if it's supposed to be a stand-in for Zuckerberg or for Bezos or for both, you know? Oh, and or another, you know, uh, any like-minded uh, um, tech bro, idiot, CEO. Exactly, right exactly, exactly. You know, that's, you know, we get we get Reed kind of uh, figuring out what's up and, and, and figuring out a way to shut them down from doing something that's going to be more harmful than helpful. And ultimately... The fake out at the end of the issue has to do with what was teased at the very beginning of this run by Ryan North. And that fake out, that misdirection leads us into, you know, we'll see what happens next month because they do not tease it at the end. It just says continued next month, right? The cover may not be telling. You know, may not be forthcoming as to what might you know what 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 the the next issue really is going to be about. Right. So yeah, that was random. Uh, yeah, you pretty much summed it up. There's not much I, I I needed to add to that, but um, I honestly thought it could have gone one way or the other with how this ended. Like they could have had you know things could have happened the way you would have expected it to, or this. You know, and, and and so it could have gone either way. I part of me kind of wishes it had gone the other way, but still kind of introduced something, which they still could. You know, right. uh, when it's all said and done. But I guess they're 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 hitting it from the other way, going, going backwards, which probably might make a, a slightly competitive story, but also could be considered like, oh, you're just kind of padding it for another reason. But not necessarily the case. But it just could seem that way. Right. Right. Anyway. Well. I think that the I think one of the concepts that a lot of these FF writers play with is yes, Reed is the smartest person in the world, maybe even this part of the universe, but he still gets things wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not perfect, right? So that's I think a, a concept that is constantly being played with by these uh, FF writers for the you know in the most recent past. Mm-hmm. So. Next up for me is Century Number One Surprise. It's written by Jason Liu, with art by Luis Zagaria, colors by Arthur Hesley, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna yet again. So I understand Roddy Cat's apprehension when it comes to reading this book. I will tell him, though, that this book is not about, you know, uh, Robert Reynolds, the OG Century. It actually right now centers upon... Jessica Jones and Misty Knight as they try to figure out what's going on because the powers of the century are manifesting in a bunch of randos and what at least has been described as one rando who's not exactly a team player. And that's who we start to get introduced to in this issue. And I'm, I foresee this as a miniseries. It does not say that it is, but it probably is. And 
um, you know, this is a concept, you know, splitting up these powers amongst various people. This is very much uh, Shazam slash Captain Marvel-esque. Um, nope, I'll go you one further, but keep it. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. What's the, what's the one further? Uh, Death of Superman. This is the, the, the director. Oh, I've never even thought of it as a Death of Superman, Carl. Uh, uh, it very uh, much uh, is. Analog. And and I will say that I did actually read this issue. So that that was the other reason why I groaned <laughs> because I recognized oh, the fact. Oh, I did not see that as a as an analog for Death of Superman. That's but interesting. It, right. I had not thought of it that way. But in any event, um, I thought it was interesting. It's not great. Uh, but I like the I like the concept of having uh, Jessica Jones and Misty Knight kind of following the trail. Mm-hmm. All righty, next up, folks. We you know since we pushed the show a few days, we've had an opportunity to read a lot of books. So we're, we're kind of we we're kind of covering the same ground here. But um, you know we're going as fast as we can. Next up and last for me is Thunderbolts number one. It's written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, art by Geraldo Borges. Colors by Arthur Helsey and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So, as someone who read the most recent Captain America run by Lansing and Colin Kelly, and not being most enthused, I, I was not that enthusiastic about it. I'll be perfectly honest. I definitely enjoy the Straczynski run right now uh, much more than I did the Lansing and Kelly run. They did do they did seem to have plans for Bucky and what to do with Bucky. And they are carrying that forward into this new Thunderbolts run. And that's at least interesting because Bucky on his own, obviously dealing with the, you know, winter soldier stuff and the trauma we've seen that before, but now let's see Bucky, you know, as he progresses as a character in this new, you know, allegedly new, uh, uh, new, uh, role as, a. Uh, the revolution, I think they, 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 he calls himself now, but ultimately he's still Bucky Barnes. He's still kind of the winter soldier. And, um, you know, we'll see where they, they, they carry the, the character and this version of the Thunderbolts concept forward. So, uh, yeah. Did you read this too? Right. Got Yes. I also read this. Anything to add? Um, I had, I was curious about this because yeah, it's, it's definitely trying to take Bucky into, as, as they even say in the book, trying something new. They, they say right. that uh, several times in, in the course of this issue. And I was like, okay, I kind of see it. Um, but at the same time, I was like, okay, but how far can you actually say Now, obviously the cover and what the, the premise of this first issue is, is setting up seems like they're trying to trying to do something that, you know, that is not often done. I would almost go say, go so far as to say, almost go on a Punisher route, but not next, not really. Right. Uh, because we don't know what the extent of this team's mission is going to be, but we just know how they're starting off and it's going somewhere. Uh, that being said, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I give it a couple of issues to, to see what's the case. Um, now, I don't know if you knew about this. I wanted to ask what, the the revelation about um another MCU character that is uh that is uh in here. Uh as I say in my notes, they dumb dumbed her. They dumb dumbed her. Yeah. And I was like, wait, is that new? Did that just happen? Is that is that everybody just figuring finding out this? Or is it was that something that happened in another thing? I couldn't tell you when when that happened previously, so that was new to me. Right, but it was the same thing they did to Dum Dum Dugan. I was like, "That's kind of weird and crazy." Plus, I was also kind of it was kind of weird to see this character anyway. But also, it was kind of like, "Well, 
That's MCU leaning. Exactly. That was the first mm-hmm. thing I thought. But also, I was like, well, this character, we I don't recall seeing this character recently in the books, but also you could almost say, well, wait, did this character get some of the same treat as treating as uh, um, as uh, Nick Fury and had the same uh, almost Captain America type formula in his, the Infinity Formula, whatever they called it that he had or something, until that reveal. I was like, okay, well, maybe that's the case. but Or this is her daughter or something. I don't know. I never, I didn't, I didn't know, but yeah. But like I just somebody said, there was more of an MCU leaning thing. And obviously we know Thunderbolts is getting a movie that, that is coming up soon. That's which is probably the other reason why this book is happening. Right. So, and I had a question about Lansing and Kelly, but I don't know if it's still relevant at this point. And my, my question I, was, uh, are they going to be, are they becoming the new DNA, the, uh, Abner and landing minus the, hopefully the breakup, but, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. We we haven't seen them like. I mean, we we've, we've seen a former guests of the show also, but we we've seen them put put in you know bring in some good stuff. Like then they're still doing some pretty good decent work with the the, the books that we know they're reading. Um, maybe uh, I don't uh, I don't know core probably aside, but some of the other stuff that we've uh, been checking out from them is like yeah, it's been some good stuff. So. I don't know if they're poised for that, and I don't even know if they would even want that on them like that, but hey, we'll see. Anyway, is that it for you? That is it for me. All righty, so we're going to bowl on into my books, um, which may partially possibly answer a question or not. I don't know, which, I, again, um, uh, Benji, I haven't forgotten about you. I'll address this after we finish, uh, get to uh, get past uh, the books. Uh, the, the, the Catfight, number five of five. <clears throat> excuse me uh, is my first book oh wait did I not put that book I surely did not uh, written by An- Andrew Wheeler art by Elias uh, Curiazis inks by August uh, Kanakis colors by Dennis Yatris and letters by Hassan Atmane Alao so this is the last issue of this book so, as I said this was the book that was uh, stated to be uh John Wick, John Wick meets some um, heist movies like something else. I can't remember what else that was. It was uh, they said, uh, but um, yeah, it was a pretty fun book. I enjoyed it. I uh, thought the uh, the way it ended seemed like it could set up another um, an, another book at some point, but I don't know if that is in the cards. Um. So basically, if you did not know, it was about this uh, cat, cat burglar named Felix, um, Felix, haha, the cat, um, mm. who was framed for killing a very notable person who they happened to be related to. But um, uh, and people were coming after him because of that. But and also someone wanted him to do something for them that kind of all wrapped up into that. But uh, let's just say the catalyst for that ends up not being the case for these, and a couple of other things happen to lead us to the end of this book, which was again still fun. But like I said I don't know if they could come back to it at some point, whether they will or not. Don't know. But you know, if anything I've just said, you know, strikes your fancy, uh, you can check it out. It is a book uh, from IDW. Uh, next book is. Uh, Darkwing Duck, Nega Duck. Uh, again, I have to not see that quite uh, quite much. Uh, number three. 
Um, as I find the cover for this thing. Now, I do have a bunch of covers, but I have, we're trying to press for time here. Not press for time, but we're trying to... Anyway, uh, script by Jeff Parker, art and colors by Ciro uh, Cangiolosi, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So if you know Darkwing Duck and you know this character, you know their history. Darkwing Duck doesn't show up in this book, but basically Negaduck is kind of uh, on a, um, trying to find this treasure that belongs to King Midas, but some other people also want it from themselves. His old gang also wants it from for themselves because, you know, uh, that's how things be. But they end up teaming up in the, in the course of this issue again uh, to kind of get through some things. Uh, and Negaduck also ends up uh, aping Spider-Man in a, in a saying that he's... Or more important, uh, not even Spider-Man, but Uncle Ben with a, a saying that he... Um, that he says in this, which was quite, quite, uh, quite amusing. But, uh, yeah, this is a, um, interesting side book to the, to the Darkwing Duck book. I don't know if the two are going to like meet up in some point, uh, when down, but, um, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, next book is Superman 78, the, uh, the metal curtain number two of, actually, I don't know how many issues this is. um, but it's written by Robert Venditti, art by um, uh, uh, Garvin Goodry, uh, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Dave Lan- uh, Lanfear. So this is set in the world of Superman 78, a.k.a. the Christopher Reeves version. Um, this is uh, the, the second miniseries coming out of that because the, the, the first one was like, what, a year, two years ago, something like that. The metal curtain does not, um, if it sounds like it's going towards a red sun situation, it is not, but Russia is involved because in 78, uh, for folks who are too young to know the, the U S and Russia had uh, beef back in the seventies and eighties. So there was a whole lot of cold War leanings, uh, even back then, but uh, I'm just going to say that one of Superman's rogues gallery is working for the Russians uh, you might know him. He um, he formerly had an armor with a chest that had uh, some kryptonite in it. Uh, and with a name that is pretty much, I guess, on the known to, to, to what folks would know his name to be. That's all I would say about that. But this is their meeting in this universe. And apparently, and I missed this, thanks to, uh, I guess, thanks to me just kind of flying through this. Apparently... Superman ends up saving uh, a former, I mean, excuse me, a future Green Lantern in this world. Um, whether we will meet them later on at some point, I don't know, but um, there is a run-in with uh, with with this person, which is interesting. And it's all couched in the fact that hey, Superman takes Lois to the to the uh, Fortress of Solitude for uh, an uh, an interview, and she gets to meet the parents, and almost gets to get uh Clark's secret identity until this whole um mess with the this uh the villain pops up. So yeah. So good stuff. Just check it out if you if you're interested in that. Birds of Prey number four is my next book. That's the wrong thing. There we go. With uh writing by Kelly Thompson, art by Leonardo Romero, colors um color excuse me. <clears throat> color artist 
uh, Jordi Belair, letters by Clayton Cowles. So yeah, the birds got into a little, little bit of issue. If you don't remember, we talking about this last time. They went on a mission to Themyscira to rescue um, um, Black Canary's adopted sister. Now, if you know the name of that island well, and you see the the video version of this and who is on the cover, you know they ran into some good bit of trouble uh, that they have to uh, try to get away from. Um, uh, which doesn't go quite well as what they thought, but it also leads to a big bad rising up at the end of this that uh, maybe all of them are going to uh, have to deal with at some point. So, yeah. Continues to be a, a pretty decent book. I, I've always been a somewhat of a fan of the Birds of Prey, and depending on who's writing it. Well, it's not even depending on who's writing it, because I haven't met that many people, but regardless. Next up... Um, a potential click of the week for me, and once I tell you the name of it, you'll probably quite understand why. I probably shouldn't even have to go any further. But Transformers number three, written and art by Daniel Warren Johnson, uh, with colors by Mike Spicer, letters by Russ Wooten. So, yeah, this book is kind of go, trying to go hard, and it kind of does. Um... Uh, when we last left the issue, uh, Carly was trying to get back home to her dad. She just found out some news about her dad when she gets there from Sparkplug, who is pretty much suited and booted because of, um, I'm not sure what cover art you were talking about, but yeah, um, this <laughs> uh, some good stuff. Um, which leads to a confrontation in the middle of this town full of, full of uh, gun-toting yokels and Skywarp and Optimus and Clipjumper. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, the Transformers. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that was, I, I like that one, too. There's another one, actually, that's pretty good, too, that I uh, might put up later. But... Um, like I said, this this uh, book continues to kind of go kind of hard, and um, I'm enjoying it. Like it's it's still using bits of the '84, and and also kind of doing its own thing. I don't know to what extent that is, or and or whether they are going to lean into the cinematic version, but the kind of slightly already has in a way with with a couple of things. But I don't know because I still haven't watched all of those movies yet, so I probably shouldn't say that. But I'm still I'm still kind of holding that um so yeah last book for myself is the hunger and the desk uh number that's not the right numbering hold on for a second sorry um, do, 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 do. number four hunger and the dust number four why do i have one ridiculous uh written by g willow wilson with uh, art by chris wild goose colors by sasik uh, i'm not sure how to pronounce that name i should look that up and letters by simon boland so things are still afoot in this uh in this in this world so this is a fantasy book um the humans and orcs kind of had has uh, kind of had some issues with each other until this other um, this other faction of creatures kind of taking everybody out. So the humans and the orcs are, uh, got an alliance together 
and they're trying to um, trying to deal with the threat of the Vangal, which is the, the which are the um, this other set of creatures that are pretty much going after folks. Um, in this alliance, we have um, a fighting company made up of humans, and they have a um, an orc healer with them, which you know they're and they've had some issues, but they've been kind of getting along with each other, and you can kind of see some some things kind of forming there. And on the other side of this, we have two sets of uh, orc factions who had a marriage, and they are getting along. Sw- uh, the 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 husband and wife who are pretty much the heads. Or, or the husband who is pretty much the head of this one act, uh, or faction, and this other one that got married into, uh, who was of a, a prominent faction, are getting along swimmingly. Let's just say, um, while they're dealing with political matters up north, and all the while they're trying to hunt down clues to try to figure out why, uh, how, and why this uh, the Vangal are kind of getting around and um, uh, messing folks up and trying to find, figure out a way to defeat them. But apparently they kind of, as we're finding out in the, at the end of this book, uh, the Van Gogh kind of has a little step ahead of the, of folks in a, in a way or two. Um, but yes, it's good. To, continues to lead to be a good read. G. Willow Wilson, you know, really as far as the stuff that I've read, hasn't disappointed yet. So I'm not, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, if it continues to be pretty good, that might sound a little bit biased, but Hey, you know, I've always enjoyed her work. Uh, and that, folks, is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So we didn't get anything. Uh, Actually, I didn't even ask. Uh, I um, asked, but just very recently. Oh, okay. If you look, if you if if you check our back channel conversations, I literally asked like ten minutes ago. Oh, okay. You, I got you. I didn't check. Yeah, you'll you'll see it now, right? Yeah. But ultimately, we have not heard from our erstwhile uh, co-host. So, between myself and Roddy Cat, I will say that. My click of the week choices are a little on the slim side this week, but let's just say it's one of the, let's say, monthly favorites to get my click of the week, and that being Daredevil number four. So you, that's what you're going with? Yeah, that's okay. mine. Okay. Clean and simple. That's <laughs> uh, as I mark that off for Agent 70. I will note really quickly that uh, there were a couple of Star Wars books that I didn't get into because apparently one of them that I started reading has spoilers for a book that's not out yet. And I probably, there's another one that's also out that I hadn't read that I probably should have read before I even started that book. But that's neither, that's, it is what it is. So it's interesting. I don't know if they, if that was intentional or that was like a, hey, the scheduling kind of got messed up and, you know. This is coming out then, so we might as well let it be known. Um, gotcha. So there, there's Agent uh, 70's click right there. Mine, I have a couple. Uh, the ever mentioned Transformers, uh, you know, just like Agent uh, 70 uh, is a monthly pick. Um, Avengers was pretty good. Uh, and as I said, uh, Amazing Spider Man 39 was. Interestingly enough, and I never thought I was going to say that about that, but you know, hey, I gotta, I gotta give credit where due. Um, but I think, um, 
you know what? Y'all know where I'm going with this. Uh, Transformers number three. Like I said, that, that joint went kind of hard. And um, actually, I'll show this next one. Um, there we go. So um, it went kind of hard, and I, I almost want to spoil something that happens in, in it, and uh, but I'm not going to do it. But it might show up on um, my uh, on the uh, the Instagram page. <laughs> let's just say at some point soon. So you know, watch out for that. But so if you're a Transformers fan, if, and if you're not checking that out, um, you probably should be. So. Before we get into the news section, and before we, uh, before Agent Seventy get, does the ad read, I want to address something that came up in chat real quick. Not bad. We'll just keep it quick. But uh, Benji Games Two said, uh, "If I can quote directly, uh, would be cool to see y'all mention a small name comic slash independent comic once a month." Um. So I will say, and I'm not going to speak for the rest of the folks and Agent Center can chime in uh, with what you want to say. We try to, we try to, when we have stuff that we are interested in one and we, and also with what we get, we don't get everything from every, uh, every comic company. So we're, and we only get certain stuff. So unless we seek it out ourselves, because there are some stuff that we are interested in that we don't necessarily get, but you know, those are kind of few and far between. So we we kind of pick from what we have and what we and what some of us pick up, you know, physically or digitally, whatever the case may be. So that was that. But as you have also just seen, I don't know of anything that I or Agent Seventy and Agent Seventy has too, because like there's a couple of books that he's at that are from lesser known that are that are not the big two at the very least. Oh, we, definitely. Yeah. So it's not like we just stick to the big two and because we don't. But let's just face it. Both Agent 70 and I are Marvel fans, so we're definitely going to gravitate towards that. Dirt is a DC fan. Uh, Tim, he's as probably, I don't want to, again, want to speak for him, but I think he is more of a Marvel fan, but he kind of splits the difference. I I, I can say out of all of us. But, you know, there have been times that we have had, and I'm not, I don't don't feel the need to justify anything, but it is just a reality of the situation. Like I said, we can only pick from what we get one or or that we seek out ourselves if we have the wherewithal to do so right uh, but as you can right. say we like i said we don't stick to I the big add, two. Oh, i'm right. sorry go ahead no we stick to the big two and we do as you see like we do have other from other um other um um uh, uh, uh publishers that we do right i would say that we go through cycles yes i think it i, I think the cycles sometimes vary because they, they do in fact depend upon what Roddy Cat just mentioned, what we sometimes f- pick up physically, what we sometimes pick up uh, uh, review copies of, and sometimes what hits are you know hits us right in that you know sweet spot of interest. Mm. I'll use Philadelphia as an example. Right, I have been on Philadelphia since Jump. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm not a big horror person. I'm not a big vampire person, but you know the the, the you know the, the creative. Uh, forces behind that book with rodney barnes and and louise you know and and uh i forget the artist's name but you know it, it's it's a pretty you know they're not you know rodney barnes is known to me but the other character the other creators are not but you know i've i've grown to appreciate their work um i will say that uh the, the obvious 
influences from Hamilton probably is what got me going, got me reading it. Right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, diving into that era, that, that, that era of history and, and mining that for storytelling that, that probably is what the hook was for me. Sometimes it's that hook that really catches us. Um, you know, I will use that as a, as a primary example for, you know, my more recent kind of like image and, and, and less, uh, beaten path books. We have in our history dove into other books. Um, we even had Roddy Cat will remember this. I don't think, uh, Benji, you've been on long enough to remember when I had a feature, um, what was it? A uh, 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 small press book of the month or book of the, you know? Do you remember that? Something like that? Yes. Like, yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 Where I made a point, not even once a month, once a week of trying to read something that wasn't big too. Right. And I think we all made that. Matter of fact, I think we all had that as a, like a year end goal at, on a couple of occasions. Right. 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 So it's, it's something we consciously, we consciously do. It's something that we've done. It's just I think we you you caught us right now in a bit of the cycle where that's on the downside, you know. Um, obviously, I was reading Berserker because of Keanu, right? Um, that's you know that that that's definitely small press. Um, you know, I was reading. You know, remember when we were reading um, uh, Kelly and Lansing's book? Uh, uh, you know that that went from image to dark horse. I forget the name of it, but yeah. you know, I was reading that. Yeah, I think that's uh, how we came um, across them, actually. Yeah, right, right, right. So ultimately, ultimately, I think it just depends on what we see and what hits our, what strikes our fancy, mm-hmm. right? Because the old stand, the old, the old standards really do. You know, we we really do take a lot of pride in trying to read new things and trying to expose right. new things but it you know it's it's hard for us because one we're down to like two regular hosts so you know we'd like to cover a lot of things Ryder Cat's very good at pick at, at covering like the star trek and star Wars stuff all right i'm very much a marvel kid at heart i delve into you know like i i, I read nightwing obviously because that's you know pretty much one of my favorite dc characters um, because of the whole Teen Titans stuff, right? And obviously, Roddy Cat and I, uh, I have soft spots for the, the Titans. Obviously, I go back to the Wolfman Paris stuff, and Roddy Cat has has a uh, a similar vintage, but more recent stuff too. He likes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we try to keep it di- we, we try to keep it fairly diverse, but yes, we do we do uh, you know we admittedly revert to the big two or at least Marvel stuff because yeah. like this week. I will tell you that this week I focused on the Marvel stuff and I looked at the DC stuff. I looked at the image stuff. I'm like, is this something I want to dive into now? Is this is there a number one issue out there? Right? That's obviously something that I I look I look for. I was like, oh, is there a number one issue I can jump on and talk about? Right. You know? Right. Whereas so. I have with the DC, especially with all the new DC books, I've been trying to dip into some of that stuff because some of it's with characters like, like say, Birds of Play or Cyborg or, you know, X, Y, or Z, whoever, you know, or even that Fire and Ice book, which I think also came out, which I didn't get a, get a chance to get into, you know, stuff like that with the DC stuff. Because my DC's, you know, is, you know, similar to uh, Agent 70's. Um, but I've been trying to dip into some of those books because, you know, hey, it's like, yeah, there might be something good in there. Good explanation right. from both of you. Well, thank you. Like that, we, it's not like Agent Seventy said. It, there is a cycle to a lot of this stuff, and 
um, you know, we definitely, as you have seen, we definitely hit more than the big two, as, as I said. Now, that being said, before we push on, if you... You know, if you feel like you know our tastes enough and you have a book that you want us to try to check out, hey, feel free to, you know, put it in the chat or, or, or add us, you know. Right. You know, right. We, we'll try to get around to checking it out if we if we can. Right. So. Uh, just just to, just to, as as an addendum to what Roddy Cat mentioned about uh, getting stuff physically, you know, I stopped getting physical books like about a year and a half ago, not quite, two, maybe even two years ago now. Mm. But I just recently started to pick up just a few books because I was just really enthusiastic about them. You know, that those being Daredevil, Immortal Thor, and Captain America, the Straczynski run, right? And um, you know, but I, I intend on keeping my physical uh, comic purchasing to a, a bare minimum because I just don't want to get into the whole storage issue, right? But I think that definitely plays a little bit of a part in mine because not going to the comic book store means I'm not necessarily browsing. And sometimes, you know, browsing is what leads you to getting to try new things. Right. But now that I'm kind of going back into the comic book store to pick up, you know, like I I plan tomorrow to to go into, you know, believe it or not, my office is you know, where my office is located currently is literally across the street from the main Midtown comics. And I intend to go in there tomorrow to pick up, you know, a couple of issues of Captain America I missed and uh, this week's this past week's Daredevil. So, you know, I'll take a look around and see what, what else is, quote unquote, popping, as the kids like to say. And, uh, you know, maybe that, that'll the clue me in as to something else I want to try. Bear in mind, though, that I have been reading some manga uh, uh, in addition. Like, I, you know, in the wake of the ending of Attack on Titan, I've been reading that manga. And I have um, uh, my Shonen Jump subscription. And I've been trying to read uh, some of the, uh, the Haikyuu stuff. You know, uh, I haven't been able to really uh, read a lot since, like, I had a couple of, like, train trips right around Thanksgiving that helped me read a lot of manga on the train. I just I just cracked open my iPad and just started reading. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, I will say that I've been reading some other stuff, too. It's a little older, so it's not, like, current. Uh, Bendy says browsing is fun. Browsing is fun if you got the time to do it, definitely. So, and actually, you mentioned going to the store. I actually was going to go to the store myself and get uh, pick up those last three or pick up the, the, the Transformers issues. But I was yeah. like, you know what? I was already running around, so not. That being said, though, we're going to push on. And I, oh, that's what I was thing I was going to say. Now, of the four of us, or the two of us, we've already explained. But the, out of the the four original hosts. We know like, we can safely say that Dirt's been on a tear for going to the going and getting physical books recently. Because yes. he's been showing us his hauls lately, and it's ridiculous. Because <laughs> he's been catching up. Because he's you know because he's been trying to catch up with stuff. And he out of probably I would say the majority of us will find some um, really small press books that that he used to bring up on the show because right. when he was working with a shop, you know he would he would have access, access to that stuff. Right. And and also, I think Dirt is far more of a pragmatic collector than I am because he's willing to sell and trade things in right. for like store credit or whatever, you know, like whatever it was like for money or store credit. And, you know, I'm less inclined to do that. But, you know, I get it. I get it. Right. 
That being said, we are going to push on to the news section, so let's hit up an ad read. All right, our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we get into the cinematic news as we do about this time. Um, the Boys, it's kind of a little scattershot this week, so forgive me for this one. Uh, the Boys creator pleads with Fiona Staples, Brian K. Vaughn for a saga TV rights. Because as folks in the know will probably tell you, um, he who holds the rights holds the <laughs> gets the treasure. Because let's face it, if, tre- if saga was done into a TV show, um, as, as popular as that series is... I'm pretty sure, unless they just just brutally fuck mess it up, that right. would, that that thing will be popular just for no reason at all. Um, Saga, just for being, just exactly. for being, it'll be popular. Exactly. Now, Saga is one of those books that we actually had. We uh, Agent Seven and I was talking about for our Evergreen episodes uh, that we never got around to. Because right, we, I mean, we, mo- we both of us would be it. would have to do a lot of reading for that one. Well, well, I think we said at that point we were just going to do the first volume just to kind of you know check out and see what the deal was because we were kind of we were both kind of wondering like okay, this thing is popular why, and what's right. this about that it is so popular? So right. I mean, I own I think the first three volumes of the trade. I just I have too. never cracked them open. They're sitting on my bookshelf. I have them digitally, so yeah, I think uh, similarly digitally. So yeah, but there's that. So yeah, and I, um, so and the reason why this came, up, I, and I'm not sure why this came up recently, but I recall. That Brian K. Vaughn and I'm not sure about Fiona Staples had said something like there was no interest in doing. Well, if there was a saga TV show to be done, like it would, it would be some undertaking because that that would be interesting to try to get off the ground and or whether they would want to do it. I think was also the case. I can't remember because it was been a while since the since a, a TV show of saga uh, came up. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I know people want it, but we'll see. Next up. Next up. So apparently this past week, an email with what's new on Max this December uh, was sent out by uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. But the email listed that Looney Tunes and the Looney Tunes show were among titles leaving Max at the end of the year on December 31st. So even though Looney Tunes is a signature Warner Brothers franchise, Apparently, they had plans to uh, take it off the streamer, but apparently, a few hours later, the company announced that Looney Tunes' inclusion on the list of max removals was an error. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bet it was. Sure it was. <laughs> like, okay, Warner Brothers, as 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 we can uh, co-opt the term, pretty much is at this point staying losing. Yes. Uh, we've talked about the whole Coyote. Shout out versus, to Eclectic. Exactly. Um, uh, the whole Coyote versus Acme, which this article also brings uh, brings up about how 
they they said nah to that and people are you know trying to scoop it up or whatever the case may be and they was like oh wait a minute hold on we didn't mean it so i don't know what they're doing over there at warner brothers discovery whatever but some yeah this is kind of crazy like how the hell are you gonna let looney tunes your bread and freaking butter <laughs> off the platform like i'm pretty sure half the reason people go to max and i know a couple of people who actually did that was to watch some losing looney tunes even though everything's not there, but you know, right. uh, enough of it's there to where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna just go watch a couple, of, couple of these and let it call it a night. That that would be just crazy. Anyway, uh, Constantine two gets promising production update from DC director. So we know why is my cursor just all kind of wigging out on this screen? What is going on? Anyway, uh, so apparently, Francis Lawrence is um, is the director. Of or is I guess is the current director of Constantine two, uh, and of course the strike uh, halted everything, including um, this film. But it sounds like, uh, according to this article, they plan to reconvene after Thanksgiving and continue working on the sequel. Um, and uh, according to the summary of this article, that the change in leadership at DC, that being James Gunn, uh, being the head of the DC stuff, has not affected Constantine two. So. That is good news that uh, for a uh, movie that I still haven't seen yet. The first one, that is. Which I hope is still on Max, so I can see it. Right. Anyway, next up. Next up. So apparently, uh, Sean Gunn, uh, he of um, many roles, including the body uh, double of Rocket Raccoon, but more, you know him as Craglin. Uh, Sean Gunn is set to take on the role of evil businessman Maxwell Lord in the new DC Universe that's being overseen by James Gunn and Peter Safran. So, hello, nepotism. Exactly. The role, yeah, nepotism. Right. right. The role was previously played, and what's funny is that it took me a half second when Roddy Cat and I were talking in the pre-production meeting to remember that the role was previously played by Pedro Pascal in the 2020 Wonder Woman 1984 movie. Mm-hmm. Which we all quickly forgot about, <laughs> or tried, or definitely tried to forget about one of the right. two. Um, but yeah, listen, I still have I still have convulsions whenever I hear it. So I actually I, I, still, I try I try to forget that I really do. <laughs> it hurt me just to sing that. So oh man, that was that bad. Come on, the 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 whole these. That, well, that's another conversation for another time. We're not going to get into all of that. But yeah, like Agent Sam said, yay nepotism. And, you know, hey, don't get me wrong. Sean Gunn, on his own merits, as Cracklin, he was, he, was, he was all right. But come on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Next up. All, all right. All right. Moving on. Next up. Uh, Tom Holland addresses Spider-Man Return. I won't make another one. I can't get into his voice uh, uh, for the sake of making another one. So, Were you going to put on a British accent just now? I was not. Oh. I mean, I could, but I won't. I just, you know, no one wants to hear that. But, um, plus it would have to be a young one. I can't, uh, so, no. But, um, so, uh, apparently, uh, Tom Holland was called talking to Collider. And, uh, there's a quote, another quote here says that, um... All I can say is that we have been actively engaged in conversations about what it could potentially look like for a fourth rendition of my character. Whether or not uh, we can find a way to do justice to the character is another thing. 
Uh, I feel very, very protective about Spider-Man. I feel very, very, very lucky that we were able to work out a, work on a franchise that got better with each movie, that got more successful with each movie, which I think is very rare. He keeps going from from there, so but I will not. But regardless, and we and I think he has come out and said before that like he would probably play this until he's old. He wanted to, but there's also been fairly recent. Um, rumblings about them trying to find uh, another person to take the role for some stupid reason. Seriously? Yeah, there's, there's, that was, this is before the strike where there was kind of some rumblings uh, of that. And I'm like, I don't know how serious they were, but they were definitely out there. That's just Sony trying to hold on to that license as best as they can. Okay. Yeah. They could do it with Tom Holland. So, Cause I mean, let's face it. We, as from what we know about what no way home was the last one, they could very much, Continue the ventures of, of, of Tom Allen and uh, and, and crew. Yeah. yeah, there's a very clear open right there. So yeah, I hope so. I hope they do. But also, All right. it's kind of whole. They like you know the companies like to keep things to, to trilogies for some stupid reason, which is in some cases that's a good thing because as we've seen from Fast and the Furious, um, shots fired. Right, or even Indiana Jones. As I yes. hate to say it, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Which is just hit um, Disney Plus. Anyway, next up. Uh, The writer's room for the new MGM Plus Prime video series Silk Spider Society is tentatively slated to reconvene in mid to late January, uh, as sources tell Deadline. But that would make it one of the last series uh, which were up and running before the WGA strike started um, to reopen. And basically the... WGA is has told Amazon Studios to get moving or because if they don't reopen it that would be a violation of the uh the the uh the new agreement so um you know we'll see as much as I don't necessarily want to see uh more non-Marvel uh Spidey stuff you know what I I'd, I'd like to see Silk but yes. you know it sucks that it's not Marvel I would like to see Silk also, but I would also like to see Silk in a movie. Yeah. More so than a series. But yeah. you know, we, we take what we can get. I mean, we got a pretty decent Miss Marvel out of it, but that was also Marvel. So, um, right. yeah. Next up, though, uh, Die Hard is returning to theaters just in time for Christmas. Wait, I did not know about this. This is awesome. <laughs> we were just, listen, we were just talking about it on the show. What movies are being featured, you know, like are, are like the top 10 uh, uh, box office earners right now. Can you imagine if the OG Die Hard hit the top 10? Right. Right. So you know? apparently, um, as of this recording, it has been uh, back into theaters for the past two days. What? Uh, according to this article, yeah. Uh, I gotta make time. Listen, I own this in like multiple ver. Like, Same. I have it on digital. I have it on DVD. I think I have it in Blu-ray. I'm not sure. I might have skipped Blu-ray and just got digital mm-hmm. because I have the DVD. But that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I might that's actually just go and watch this. Yeah, like I remember seeing Die Hard in the movie theaters when you know when it first came out. Back in my day, we used to go to... Okay, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't like going back and, and, and checking it out in the theaters. Especially with the... Well, I don't think they like did anything extra with the sound or anything, but probably, they would probably be using what they, what they used for the last Blu-ray rep. Um, so, but still, 
And yes, for those who don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you're crazy. Uh, 89 Batman, also a Christmas movie. This is why. Wait, so you can get... Wait, so advanced tickets can be picked up at AMC's website. So it's out... So it's at... It's uh, in AMC theaters? Yes. Ah, you know, there's an AMC you know, theater like, close to my office. Yeah, you know, because like... You know, Fathom does some stuff, and I think Fathom is more regal and whatnot, and then AMC kind of does their own similar <sighs> So, which the, the AMC is the lesser of the theater around here, to personally, but that's, you know. Right. Right. It is right. what it is. But it's that hard. So, yeah, so it's starting on December 8th, so hopefully it's uh, in theaters for at least a week, and I'll give me a time, give me a little time to watch it. So, you know what? So, so you know what I can tell everyone? Welcome to the party, pal! Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's also this also says that it's it's on Tubi, uh, and also on Hulu, which you know, you know, no 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 shortage of ways to watch Die Hard, um, or probably some and or probably some of the sequels. But let's just face it. It'll be it'll be fun to see it on the big screen because I I know I don't think I ever saw it on the big screen. I've only ever seen it, um, uh, on smaller screens mm. i don't know if I ever saw I, I don't know if it's like one of those movies that i saw like in college that was like you know being shown in like the the, the college theater mm. you know which isn't like which is you know basically a movie screen so mm-hmm. i'm sitting there trying to remember because i i have two fairly vivid movie going experiences that i could think of and but it has to do with before going into the movie theater uh mm-hmm. i can't remember if die hard was one of them or not so I'm just going to leave those to to to, to that. Uh, All right, yeah. we'll look into that. We'll keep you guys posted if I end up going to see uh, Die Hard in the theater just for just for fun. Right. It'll be fun. Next up. All right, Furiosa trailer takes Mad Max fans back to the Fury Road. So I. I don't think I've ever sat through all of Fury Road, but I know that it was good. Mm-hmm. Um. So Furiosa is set for a release on May 24th, 2024, and it has Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, Chris Hemsworth in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never watched it either. Um, so, I don't know, maybe one of these days it'll, it'll happen. I, I definitely heard good things. I know people were raving about it when it, when it first came out, so. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. And I think this is a prequel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my understanding too. So, yeah. Next up, though, Amazon just dropped off the first teaser trailer for its Fallout series. Uh, if you are a gamer and watch the Gamer Rewards, you've also seen the trailer there. Apparently, Fallout, which is, uh, as most some, as some know, is based off a video game, long-running franchise uh, video game RPG. Uh, I think we've talked about it before anyway. But the TV show is going to be released on April 12th, 2024 on Prime Video. Video. It was a pretty good looking teaser trailer. From what I know of the Fallout series, the beats were there, uh, in, including um, dog meat. So that was also a win. <laughs> Next up, a new episodes of Halo are coming to Paramount Plus in early 2024. So on uh, this past Thursday, Paramount Plus surprised fans of Halo by putting the entire first season on YouTube. As of now, all nine episodes are available to stream free of charge, allowing those not subscribed to Paramount Plus the chance to get caught up on the first season. So apparently uh, you can stream every episode of Halo on Paramount Plus and catch up before the new season starts streaming February 8th. 
Yes, I don't think I ever finished the first season. Um, I never started it. So is it good? It was interesting. It definitely. If you, have you play, ever played for Halo? Just the first one. Oh, the okay. first two, I think. I I, I mean, I, I say that because I don't think you necessarily need that knowledge of it for where this goes. From where I remember it going, I mean, obviously Master Chief is the the, the main character on it uh, in the series, right. but they kind of let's just say take some liberties as far as I can t- as far as I remember with the okay. show. Master Chief has sex in the show. I mean, good. <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, good. Yeah, but well, I can like, say because people were like, "What the hell?" Um, <laughs> like first, obviously, but so yeah, I, I don't know. I had to go back and watch the rest of it because I I barely remember. I, things were happening in that show, but I don't remember if there was anything significant that that was uh, in the games. And I don't remember that much of the games, honestly, because I think I've really played a couple of them. Um, also, uh, Binge Games 2, who uh, mentioned this earlier, I, I was like, uh, I told him in chat, I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to mention one of those. And, and now he knows which one that was, because it was also mentioning that there were new Silent Hills movies, which I know he was, um, he's uh, also a, a fan of that that are being filmed now. And, um, oh, Benji, I don't know if you saw that the news that Kojima game with uh, Jordan Peele that was just announced recently that might be P.T., but uh, that might be something you might want to look into if you have not. Anyway, keep keep it pushing with the news here. Um, Apple and Paramount to discuss bundling their streaming services. Um, let that sink in for like five seconds. All right, there you go. So yeah, apparently, and this is a Wall Street Journal article, so I don't know why I pulled it, but because I can't read it. Um, but apparently, the companies talked about you know combining the two um which would probably make it slightly more intriguing uh of a of a a get together than separately because i have paramount plus now and i have access to apple tv plus for the time being um and while there's some compelling things on both of them personally paramount is the, the star trek channel and that fraser thing and apple tv's got monarch and as in for Agent Seventy, Ted Lasso, and a, right. a couple, and some more, some other sci-fi shows that I, uh, that some people seem compelled about. There's actually the blues. Yeah, so you know if if that ends up happening as a decent price, hey, I wouldn't mind it. Honestly, we got Disney Hulu doing things, so why not? You know, till all are one. Oh wait, huh. has, anyway, next up. That's funny to all. <laughs> I, I, I slightly stole that from uh, Toy Galaxy, but yeah. I was a running jerk from them. But hey, so what are we? Which which store are we on now? Disney Plus and Hulu. Speaking of, gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. I, I was gonna say, did you just talk about this? Because you know, I'm looking at this like, wait, this is what we just said. Disney's rolling out the beta version of its combined Disney Plus and Hulu experience uh, this past week. Mm. So the new hub called Hulu on Disney Plus. Puts content from both services on the Disney Plus app. So if you're subscribed to Disney Plus and Hulu Bundle, you'll see a new Hulu card that appears next to the Disney uh, card in the Disney Plus interface. So you will get the Hulu Hub up there if you're subscribed to both. And it's like what twenty bucks for for this, correct? Or is that one of those uh, above twenty one? I don't know, a month, right? Right. 
That's crazy, man. I can't remember. I mean, again, slightly more compelling than separately. Right. But still a lot. Yeah, it's still a lot. As I mean, if that's your main, like, listen, if you don't, if you don't do HBO, if you don't do Paramount, if you don't do um, uh, 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 Apple, and th- you know, like, if you, if those are your two, then yeah, maybe. And you know, if you don't have access uh, access to those, uh, our f- three favorite letters, right? Uh, that where you can go, kind of float around. <laughs> then hey, you know, maybe it's a thing. Next up, though. Uh, Disney Plus considers adding gaming and shopping experiences for advertisers. Um, I don't like that, but I think they've already kind of started on started with some of that shopping stuff on that. If you go through certain uh, certain shows, so yeah, apparently advertisers are eyeing Disney Plus as a place where they can do a thing. You know, Disney trying to always about the money. Uh, that's that's not whatever. Anyway, um, so this thing has just kind of been toyed around, mucked around, you know, the, 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 they talk about the ad-supported version of Disney+, Plus. that's that's, uh, that's out there. And the aforementioned Hulu thing and, and whatnot, and blase, blase, blase. I don't know. This is... I don't like it, but if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, whether we care for it to happen or not. Next up. All right. Uh, Disney+, Plus just welcomed a new, a ton of new anime titles, but it's through that Hulu connection. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get a bunch of anime titles. You need to be subscribed to both Disney Plus and Hulu. And now this this is the time where I see if um, Agent 70 and I are drift compatible when I say you might as well call this Anime Corner. Yeah, I guess so. So let's pull up some... All right, well, folks, didn't happen. But that's right. <laughs> it still works out. I'm going to send Agent 70 a uh, a picture that I'm sure he will appreciate while I talk about this next story. Um, I'll send it through. Actually, I need to go back over here for a second. So, anyway, oh, you shouldn't be seeing that. Netflix's Yu Yu Hakusho gets an official trailer. So, yeah, that thing is rapidly coming because I believe that is next, uh, that is this week. Goodness. Um, I have actually been watching uh, uh, Pacific Rim. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. He's... I mean, I've I've actually thought about that recently, but I was like, I don't know why. I think my might have been after I watched Monarch this week, I, I kind of had uh, I thought about that for like five seconds watching Pacific Rim for some reason. But um, yeah, so that live action Yu Yu Hakusho is a thing, um, and uh, uh, and it's um, it is coming next week. I think I'm going to try to watch it because I am a big Yu Yu Hakusho fan, especially being curious as to what where they're supposedly going with this. But also, it's a live action thing, and that doesn't give me doesn't give me any kind of uh, that doesn't make me feel any better. But I don't know the the trailer has been compelling. It's interesting, I should, I should say. So, we'll see. We'll talk about it one way or another next, uh, not next week, probably a week after next, I guess, since it's coming out next Thursday. Or if I happen to watch it before we record next week, Thursday, we'll see. Next up, though, I don't know if they just suddenly saw that picture. Uh, where am I looking? Oh, G-Chat. 
Got it. Thank you. Actually, I'll do this uh, next uh, next thing, uh, next uh, story while you look at that real quick. Uh, Suicide Squad Isekai trailer reveals anime Harley Quinn and Joker. Oh, no, I do not get this. This is interesting. <laughs> so I'll give you the backstory on that in a, in a minute. <laughs> um, so they're doing an animated as I mean, every, all the words are there. Suicide Squad Isekai. And for those that don't 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 know, Isekai is anime that's a stranger in a strange land. You know, you're putting people from our world in another world for for whatever odd reasons in some odd boy way. So yeah, the Suicide Squad goes to some other realm and wreck shop. Basically, it looks pretty good. I saw the trailer uh, a, a few days ago, and I'm like, okay, I'm slightly interested in this actually. Um, and I can't remember when this is actually supposed. to. Does it say here? I don't think so. No. Doesn't say when this. I think it's sometime next year, uh, but I can't remember when. So, if anything I said about that is interesting to you, hey, you can check out the trailer if you have not already. Next up. Okay, I see the picture now. That's funny. It's a rumbling Mm -hmm. reference. Mm -hmm. I see it now. (laughs) Okay, okay. I had to click through because the link didn't. The link did not clue me in, but I had to click through. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so what are we up to? New Crunchyroll unveils original sci-fi comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Astro Note for April 2024. So Crunchyroll unveiled an original sci-fi comedy anime titled Astro Note at the Comic-Con Experience event on Thursday, this past Thursday. The anime will premiere in April 2024 with Crunchyroll streaming the anime in North Africa, North America, Central America, South America, Europe, Africa, Oceania, Oceania, the middle, the Middle East, and the CIS. 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 I was thinking MCIS for like two seconds. <laughs> CIS. Uh, you know what? I consider myself relatively informed about world things. CIS. Yeah, I don't, his- I don't know. And that's not very the, the the SEO on that is very <laughs> you, you, good luck with that. Hold on. Oh, okay. So the CIS region is the Commonwealth of Independent States, yes. created in December 1991 by 11 countries from the ex Union uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, including Armenia, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Moldavia, Uzbekistan, Russia, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Ukraine. Georgia joined it in December 1993. Yep. Okay. The Commonwealth of Independent States that was created in December 1991, and damn if I had not heard that before today. Right, and that also sounds like an anime uh, um, region. (laughs) So I guess it fits. Um, Okay, I thought a sneeze was coming. So all right, no problem. It's 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 uh, what what I was going to say is the CIS is basically the stands. Okay, right, right, and not the ones that have to do with Eminem. Um, oh, oh sorry i missed the button by a, by like a half a centimeter that other one probably could have worked either way <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, New York Film Critics uh, Circle awards Miyazaki's The Boy and the Heron with Best Animated Film. We were talking about this before the show because uh, Agent 7 and I, neither one of us had seen it, and we also, well, actually, wait, was, was that actually during the show we were talking about Miyazaki? Actually, that was early in the show. Uh, also, um, but yeah, so, um, uh, no, that was early, uh, that was before the show. So yeah, that, not surprising as a, as a, as a told you seven, not surprising because, uh, uh, um, Miyazaki Sands will show up for, for things. So, uh, and the fact that, uh, eight seven said, like said, it, it was doing as well as it was doing, like, uh, not a surprise also. Uh, oh. Okay. Um, it says uh, it's basically given the release dates and all of that, uh, but I thought I was looking at when it was going to be released in, on Crunchyroll, but that is not for the states, so that is irrelevant to us. And I think that stuff is coming out on Disney Plus anyway. Usually, the the, the, the um, Miyazaki stuff comes out on Disney Plus, which is kind of funny given what I heard about um, how uh, Miyazaki felt about Disney's art. Or the art coming from Disney, I should say, at first. Anyway, next up. Yor and Chun-Li face off in Spy X Family Street Fighter Six anime short. So apparently, after it was announced back in July that the upcoming Spy X Family Code White anime film and Capcom Street Fighter Six fighting game would be collaborating, the official PlayStation YouTube channel released a short anime featuring the Thorn Princess and Spring Princess enjoying a colorful bout. That's cool. I actually finished the most recent arc, by the way, the the vacation arc for Spy Family or Spy X Family mm-hmm. uh, uh, the other day. It's a lot of fun. Boy, I wish I could. If if I could get my Crunchyroll uh, um, account back in order. Be it's on Hulu. Nice. I, I don't have a Hulu. <laughs> oh. Got to get a Hulu. I don't have a Hulu, technically. Uh, well, yeah, if I knew somebody that had it would let me borrow it, that would be great. But I'm not paying for it. Well, actually, I tell you back that, like I said, that that Disney Plus point is kind of looking slightly compelling if it's not too much. But regardless, um, yeah, I would. I'm. I yeah, my Crunchyroll account is 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 in a, is in a disarray as for something I told Agent Seventy about a while back, and then, and it still hasn't been fixed. So right. I'm slightly bummed about that. Anywho's yeah, your versus Chen Li, the 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 battle of legs versus. You know what? We're not going. Never mind. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep pushing. Uh, Suzume, Chainsaw Man anime, and the Chainsaw Man anime, nominated for Saturn Awards. So, um, oh, this article said, uh, gives who both of those are competing against in Best Animated Film. Um... You know, see if you you figure out who you think might be a winner here. Elemental from Pixar, Puss and Boots, The Last Wish, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and the, the animation, uh, the aforementioned Suzume, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem for best animated film. Mm. I mean, hey, you know, there's there's a couple of. I feel like those. I was about to say that 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 turtles movie. I've heard good things about. I just I can't bring myself also. to watch it. I think that is on Paramount Plus at this point now. So yeah, um, is it on Prime or Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus. I'm not sure if it's on Prime. Oh. I mean, it's probably on Prime in a certain way, but not you know. right, 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 right for rental or purchase, right? Right. So, 
gotcha, gotcha, you gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Paramount Plus through them, but regardless. And for best animated television series, a special Chainsaw Man, Gremlin's Secret of the Mogwai, which I did not know that was actually out. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I totally forgot about. Harley Quinn, My Adventures with Superman, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, Lower Decks, and um, yeah. Star Wars The Bad Batch. Which, in a couple of cases, going a certain way, that would be a tough call. But also, there's like one anime <laughs> in there with all of those other ones. Well, I guess two. I'm not sure. I can't remember if uh, Gremlins was was done in anime style. I don't remember. Um, but uh, interesting choices. I would say it's like the Game Awards, but that would be too critical on the on on this thing. Um. So, but yeah, uh, apparently the winners will be announced during the ceremony at the LA Mar- Marriott Burbank Airport Hotel, the spacious <laughs> on and streamed on Electric Now, which is a channel I'm actually familiar with, on February 4th, 2024. And this is the what again? The Saturn Awards. That's right, because I keep, I have seen, um, I have seen commercials for eight years on that channel. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Next up, though. Solo Leveling Anime. That's a premiere on January 6, 2024, over on Crunchyroll. And Roddy Cat uh, will once again say that his Crunchyroll account is in shambles. But hopefully he gets something up and working by the new year and can catch up. Indeed, I am very much looking forward to this. I have been reading the manga of this actually. Um, oh, on, nice. Mm-hmm. On because yeah, there's a place online where I've been reading it that you can kind of, you know, if you play your cards right, can pretty much read for free, um, and it's legally. So, uh, but yeah, this this is this has been good stuff, and I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, let's see. Next up is we go over to the manga corner. Actually, speaking of, uh, manga corner transmute. It's funny. I played the My Hero uh, clip just before this. Mm-hmm. So it, it all comes back together. Um, so yeah, My Hero settles a theory about Bakugo's ties to one for all. Uh, I'm not sure if a Agent 70 is up. I am not caught up. I am not caught up. Don't spoil. Okay. Uh, the latest chapter, 408, um, has debunked the theory that connects Bakugo to the second one for all. And that's all I will say, because that's just the thing. Because I have no idea what's going on in the manga at all. Gotcha. Next up. All right, so in an invincible dispute between Robert Kirkman and Crabtree, well, hold on, Rob, against, so the judge and colorist William Crabtree's lawsuit against Robert Kirkman regarding Crabtree's work on Invincible has denied two of Crabtree's claims, but allowed two others to go forward, which means the case will go to trial unless the parties decide to settle first. A jury trial has been scheduled to begin on February 20th, 2024. Crabtree was the colorist on the first 50 issues of Invincible, and he claims that he's a co-creator of the series. While Kirkman says that Crabtree's contribution was work for hire and that Kirkman is the sole author. And, uh, yeah, that sounds about right for comics and creators. I mean, if you don't have something in writing that says you're the creator, you're probably work for hire. 
you know, I mean, I hate to say it that way, especially in this day and age, but you know, if your contract says work for hire, you're not a creator. I mean, coming from a legal standpoint, you have legs to say that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, m- you know, most of the contracts nowadays say work, work for hire, you know, yeah, but I mean, it's not even, uh, yeah, but, but it's kind of one of those things like, okay, how did they come about this type of situation? Yeah. Was this like a word of mouth? Like, cause there have been some that's been kind of like, well, Hey, you come do this for us and da, 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 this and this and promise, promise, whatever, whatever. And then as you say, you know, nothing gets in writing and that that's where things just kind of go mm-hmm. all really in nilium. So it, it is a weird, weird thing. Um, but Hey, hopefully they work it out to the best. Um, Marvel's new replacement for Hulk Smash is way cooler. This is spoilers for that, um, for Amazing Spider-Man 39. And I vaguely remember what in the world that was about. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. This, this article is pretty much saying something. You might've seen me scroll through, uh, the panels that they're, they're referring to. It's not so much of a Hulk smash, but it was a, a, a thing that She-Hulk did kind of situation, but sure. They, they wanted to make an autograph out of it. That's what happens, and they got me. Congratulations. Next up. Uh, so in news that Roddy Cat shared with me earlier, and I was sad to read this, Avengers Inc. is ending with number five, and that sucks. So it's been uh you know this this is uh, the article's writer says that this has been a quirky bright spot in marvel's line and it's ending way too soon and that part i definitely agree with agree so there weren't enough people reading uh the book so it's wrapping up with issue number five which is way too soon we only got we just got issue number three right as in apparently that came from um tom Prevost, uh who is the editor so he would have that knowledge uh his subject which i see him out there because i get it i get notified when his uh when he when he posts which is usually on a sunday but sometimes i don't get to read them in time and i know people have been pulling news off of you know pull pull the news off of that like this it's a fucking bummer because this show's been i mean that 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 um that that book's been really good and you know, kind of harkens back to, to Al Ewan's, I don't want to say fun days, because, I mean, he still kind of keeps it fun in certain respects. But, you know, the days when you've known him for more of his... uh, his Yeah, it's stuff. not Immortal Hulk and Immortal Thor. Right. You know, the immortal stuff that we know and love him for, He's all, he also has a a, a pretty, you know, he, he has a, a pretty broad range of, right. of, of doing other things. Right, and that, yeah, and that before that, so that's how we kind of came came across them. So this is a bummer. Cause like I said, this shows. I mean, shows. Uh, I keep saying shows, but you know, books don't. I thought we had kind of gotten past this, but I know we haven't. Where, you know, sales are a thing. We get that. We, you know, neither one of us are, are, are um, you know, are, are ignorant to that. But also, as I might have said on Twitter, I don't remember what I did. They have let lesser books cook for right. years and don't get me wrong i read savage avengers no, I'm see, I, no, no, I was actually <laughs> going to make that as a point but i actually liked uh savage avengers but it still kind of counts as that um hell that bond has a book that that's in the next month it, it could could be in that number also but yeah i was like but no i can think of i remember one time where i think we had actually a listing of of the top 10 and whatever the book was at the time that we were that was ending was doing better than say Batman and some other books. 
And I'm like, but but it was still ending. Like, right. what kind of world is this where that kind of stuff happens? Like, it's doing better. So what are you, how, why are you still, you know, ending it? There were other factors that is probably, you know, da 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 da, but whatever. But this was this is a shame. That's all I'm gonna say about that because uh, uh, I've yeah, I, I like this book a lot. Is if it, if it wasn't noted. So next up, <clears throat> Mary Jane and Felicia Hardy will save the world in a new jackpot and and black cat title. Um, you know what? I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. Uh, is not going to be done by Jed McKay. Instead, it's going to be uh, written by Celeste Bronf. Uh, Bronfman, who also wrote the upcoming Jackpot one shot. That's not even upcoming. I think that's the one that's already. That no, one? that's upcoming. That's is probably that's the upcoming one? Gang War one. Yes, because she is going to get pulled into Gang War. I think that might be an article in the, uh, about that one actually coming up. Wait, what was? I think she might have wrote whatever. I, I've seen that name somewhere before the, on something we've read, or at least I've read. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure where else. It does, but regardless, this is going to be a four issue limited series starting in March. Uh, they're teaming up, according to this article. They're teaming up to take on a villain who's blackmailing everyone, including Black Cat and Mary Jane, according to Marvel's official announcement. And uh, you can see the, or a I should say, um, cover to um maybe the first issue isn't there's no numbering on it but regardless it is yeah it is them two um i don't know who oh uh it's adam hughes cover i should have known <laughs> sometimes sometimes i can even i can tell because of uh, who who of their um the art style of, well that and the naming but the the, the, yeah. the, the initials on it <laughs> honestly so yeah, that's the thing. We'll be checking it out. March 27th is when it goes on sale. Jackpot and Black Hat. Next up. All right. Marvel is celebrating a Spider-Man Miles Morales milestone in March 2024 with some Marvel math. How did we get to this issue number? I don't know, Rorge. It's kind of wild, yo. So apparently, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 300, celebrating it as the 300th issue of Miles Morales, solo titles across multiple volumes and a few slightly different titles, will be coming out in March following February's number 17. It's a few slightly different titles that got me on that. But, you know, your fuzzy math is fuzzy math. (laughs) Nowhere around it. But I guess someone's got some numbers to pull it together. Because I don't know what I assuming by different titles they mean Ultimate Spider-Man when he like showed up first before yeah I guess own, before he got his own um, thing or something. I, I mean, I didn't know. look at I didn't look at all the the titles, but I'm assuming you know they're pulling in all of the minis or whatever to make it 300, right? And possibly like that generation stuff and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's weird, but regardless, hey, you know what? I ain't mad about it. Not really. Um, quote here uh, to be completely honest it's surreal to be able to write Miles' 300 issue according to Cody Ziegler said in a, a press release this is a character I've been following and rooting for for almost 12 years now there's so much crammed into the issue and I'm forever grateful uh, that I've been trusted to continue the, to carry the torch for Miles after Bendis and Ahmed so end quote 
Good for you, Ziegler. I didn't want to read that part. Go ahead. <laughs> and that's a typo in this article. Shame on you. Um, I shouldn't say that. But anyway, March 27, 2024 is when that's going to happen. So surely we will be talking about that then. Next up. Uh, is this me or is you? No, it was you. Okay. It was you. You just decided to read that Ziegler part. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly. Uh, Disney versus Ditko ends with settlement over Spider-Man and other Marvel hero rights, which apparently has been updated. Oh, no, this was from the update. So, yeah, that whole um, uh, House of Ditko thing uh, with the, the House of Mouse has been in courts for a while now, correct? Uh, and, uh, apparently they have a settlement, um, according to, uh, um, court papers that was, uh, signed on de- December 6th. Uh, does it, uh, does it, uh, it gives other things here, but I don't think it gives any actual numbers, but basically what it means is that, Hey, Marvel can, you know, uh, Marvel can continue to do their thing with those characters. And, um, I'm going to assume as this, uh, settlement, uh, pops down everyone who needs to get their due and and proper uh compensation is going to get that but there is a quote here i will kind of say it says uh any contributions steve ditko made to the works were done at marvel's expense because marvel paid steve ditko Ditko per page rate for his contributions. Steve Ditko made those contributions to the works, and yes, that is a capital, with uh, the expectation that Marvel would pay him, and this is kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, actually. And Steve Ditko did not obtain any ownership interest in uh, or to his contributions, said Marvel's uh, counsel. So, um, yeah. And then it goes on to talk about some other creators who uh, might be in similar situations. Um, yep. So, yeah. That's one down, I guess. Next up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll read this to see how they settled it. I'm assuming there is some money exchanged. But, um, you know, maybe they'll put some... some yeah, I think they've already put his name on a lot of the credits, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this article is a slight lengthy and lawyery in, in mm. parts. <laughs> Right. I mean, it says it says it's confidential. So, like I said, we'll we'll see how we'll see how uh, things play out. You know, we're assuming that money was exchanged. So. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Next up, um, Al Ewing in the in an interview with Marvel um, discussed his discussed the return of Loki in Immortal Thor. Now, if you have not been. Uh, following the show, I have been very much on the Immortal Thor bandwagon. I dragged, no, I did not drag Roddy Cat onto it. I just made sure that he was up to date on it because he did read the first issue, but I definitely got him up to date uh, recently. And now, um, you know, it's it's kind of cool that uh, that Loki is playing a slightly different uh, role. But um, you know, uh, what Al Ewing is doing in Thor sounds like it's going to or feels like it's going to be something epic um you know it, it for me at least it kind of it's a balm to the wound of uh losing avengers inc um because i i you know if i had to get rid of if i had to lose one i definitely would uh keep immortal thor and lose avengers inc as much as you know that sucks to say 
I cannot share that sentiment, but I, I, I respectfully um, <laughs> agree with your uh, right to have that opinion. <laughs> there it I would is, prefer there not to lose either one, but, you know, it's, right. it's either that. Um, I, this is where I will go so far as to say, and I have been enjoying the, in, in Mortal Thor, but I, again, as we've said before, Al Ewing, we, we like his stuff. Uh, which brings me to mentioning, if you uh, go to our show notes after uh, when you, you know, get, uh, if you come across us uh God. in any other way hmm? no 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 i was just looking at something good oh uh if you come across the the show notes in 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 any way um um uh after the show do, do the video or the audio whatever the case may please make sure to check out the this uh the clickbait section where uh speaking of al ewing does an interview with uh comicbook.com's own timothy adams and might be slightly biased because we know the dude but hey it's still a good article you should check it out right you may want to take a look at that yes because it also because it is not talking about loki it's talking about uh an upcoming uh miniseries if you're watching the video version you can see what it's talking about but um yeah, something that we knew was going to happen at some point. We just didn't know how or, or where. But um, you definitely can check it out. And back to the news. Uh, my section that Agent 70 probably uh, doesn't care too much about, but that's all right, because we're going to float on. Because Marvel's Blade from Deathloop Studio and Dishonored has been announced at the the Game Awards. Um. So, yeah. Um, I had watched the Game Awards, and I saw this, and was joyed very much joyed when i saw this uh show up um there was a little bit of a teaser trade there was no gameplay but basically blade is getting a video game uh it is being done by arcade uh, leon who as we just said uh, as i just said is uh, the people who did the dishonored series and death loop uh so the pedigree is there and good and i believe they said it's going to be a third person action game when the dude was talking about it um so Excuse me, a mature single-player third-person game, as as this article mentions. So, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, or looking forward to definitely seeing more on this, because like I said, the pedigree is there. Um, so, I, I'm it's going to be interested. Um, it says here that the article says that it's coming soon with platforms to be announced later. It's probably going to hit all of them. I, I suspect. Because, wait, is Arcane owned by Microsoft? I can't remember. But no, nah, I think they'll probably they'll probably have most current systems, including PC. Anywho's, uh, I can't remember if they also set a date. I think they said twenty twenty five, but I don't remember uh, what it said in the in the teaser. Regardless, hey, rejoice! Blade game. Next up. Alrighty. Uh... Hasbro debuted a new Star Wars Clone Trooper 501st and 332nd figure set. So uh, these are um, Soldiers of the Republic um, in the Black series. Uh, yeah, no, so you can build up the Grand Army of the Republic with the set for $44.99 and it's set to be a Target exclusive. Ugh. Pre-orders go live. Pre-orders are live. And hopefully, and and they're set for a spring 2024 release. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's the same character. One just has a different coloring on the chest and yep. the arms. Yep. 
I mean, but hey, you know, if you want to rip it, you know, you want to do that, you do that. And the helmet, too, yeah. And the helmet. Well, yeah, like I said, different colorings in different places. Uh, 2024 Marvel Legends Leandra Neramani six-inch figure is uh, out there, uh, according to this article, or at least pictures of. So, and this is... Yeah. The X-Men Marvel Legends 2024 series. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see, there you go. There's a picture of uh, Lalandra right there. If you're like, who? Then you don't read enough X-Men <laughs> of the past. Like, yeah, currently she ain't, she ain't nowhere around. In fact, is she dead? I know her daughter's still around? Yes. Because um, I definitely have seen her, but I can't remember what if, if Lalandra is actually still around or, or alive or not. Either way, hey, here's a here's a picture, and I'm pretty sure X Men '97 will probably have her prominently showing <laughs> at some point. Um, does it say anything about price on this thing? But we just got a couple of pictures of uh, what the, the figure looks like. Looks like, and I don't see a price. But chances are, it's, it's the going rate for for uh, for figures. So probably like twenty four. Uh. Yeah, not seeing the price. Regardless, move right along. Next up, Action Toys is launching an action alloy Lion Force Voltron figure. That's the Voltron we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know at Matt Wang 97 loves the vehicle Voltron. But guess what? The Lion Force Voltron is the one we all have the most affinity for. Uh, so Action Toys has put out a figure that will it will put out a figure that will stand only 5.6 inches tall but will have full articulation and is fully transformable. The figures feature die-cast metal construction and will include the blazing sword, a spinning laser blade, two additional swords, individual blades for each of the lines to hold in their mouths, and a weapon attachment for the lion modes. A display stand is also included. This figure will be priced at $1,160 in Hong Kong dollars, which only equals about 148 US dollars. It's scheduled to release in the second quarter of 2024. Check this out. I sent this to Roddy Cat because I I told him this is the perfect scale for a shelf display. Mm-hmm. 5.6. This is a six-inch figure, basically. Right? And they're all transformable. Crazy son. Anyway, about the next up. Figures, uh, uh, actually, yeah, I was going to tell Age of Seventy like this is very compelling. <laughs> yes, it is very very compelling. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. So yes, next up though, uh, Nika or Neka uh, announces Yusagi Yojimbo Year of the Rabbit Four Pack Box Set. Uh, you can see figures there. If you, uh, you know, if you enjoy the Samurai Rabbit shenanigans, uh, you may want to check this out. Uh, if you don't know who that is, you don't read enough Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, apparently. The classic version. Or, wait, they probably, he probably showed up during the animated series. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, regardless, there you go. Yusaki Yojimbo. Cool. Next up. So, uh, this is more up Roddy Cat's corner, but I will start the story by saying that Amazon applies a queue to Disney Lorcana Rise of the Floodborne purchases. So, for their online launch, first time in company history, system is used for uh, trading card games. So, yeah, 
So Amazon has previously used these types of queue systems to organize the launches of ultra-hot items, such as PS5s in 2020. This is the first time the company has applied the system to a trading card game. So yeah, there's a lot of demand for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans in the U.S. can sign up for the queue at 9 a.m. PST. Oh, what, what, so this is a while ago. This is a week ago. Right. Okay, so this happened already. Hopefully, y'all got your, your uh, cards. I did not. Well, I mean, I think it's still, I don't think that set comes out for a minute now. But they also, so I did, I do have some cards coming to me, not those ones uh, mm-hmm. from, from Disney Lord Canada. So, and through Amazon, because they just started kind of letting those get out there like that at a decent, well, not a decent price, because obviously third price, third, third party sellers are wow. Um, so I'm looking right. forward to that. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to jump on this. Uh, so I'm sure they'll be out there. Next right. up, though, uh, new Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi game has been revealed from the Game Awards also. Um, so, yeah, it's been 15 years since the last uh, Tenkaichi game. It looks decent. I saw the, the trailer on it, but it also still looks like a, another... No, nah, I shouldn't say that. It's given trust. But, I mean, people love those Dragon Ball games. I do love me some Dragon Ball games, uh, some of them. But they, they kind of tend to go through the same stuff each time. Uh, but this one kind of looks good and it looks like, um, they, they, they got some tech behind it that, um, that makes it stand out. Um, and obviously I think it is also because of, you know, super and what's going on there. It's probably going to have that updated story and, and characters, uh, in it. So, you know, check it out next. Mm-hmm. Up. Next up. Oh, uh, you got this next one. Oh, it's also called, uh, sorry, it's called, um, uh, yeah, I do have that one. Uh, come on. Rise of the Floodborne. No, not that one, but <laughs> that's cute. Uh, Dragon Ball Sparking Zero is the name of uh, the, um, or that's the subtitle of the game, I guess. Sparking right. Zero is the subtitle of the, the Tenkaichi game. There we go. And it's going to be uh, on all, all platforms, of course. Or All right, so the next one is mine. I, I, I didn't realize you had moved on to the Dragon Ball one, so... Mm-hmm. Alrighty, here we go. Uh, so in a comic preview, we have the relaunch of... Actually, wait. wait so Lois Lane and Superman's Origin is coming to DC Dual Force in Action Comics number one. What is Dual Force? Here, I'll, I'll take this one. I'll take it up from you. Um, so DC Dual Force is a card game. Oh, DC Christ. card game. <laughs> uh, so uh, a section of the card games, like you can, you know, battle cards like like Magic together, but it's kind of different in design. Well, there, this will be revisited in a, in a in a stream at some point, actually, from from me. But what they do that's kind of cool that I haven't had a chance to mess with around with. So they have a section where there are comic books where they basically adapt comic books, certain comic books, to this card format. And one of the ones they did just put out there is. Um, Action Comics number one, the the first appearance of Superman. Uh, so they've done like New Fifty Two Justice League. They've done uh, Beetle, uh, Blue Beetle, X Y Z. You know, a couple of them. You play through it basically like you play through it like you're playing through this whole the story, and you uh, you get something to it. It's it's kind of a neat thing that that that, that is a feature of this game. So, um. Uh, how they're going to adapt uh, Action Comics number one? Don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll they got that figured out because it's already out there at this point. Next up, though, <clears throat> McFarlane launches uh, retro DC figures: Batman, Flash, Superman, and more. Now we've seen some of these already. We talked about some of these uh, last week, but there are apparently some more 
that we didn't see. Um, such as uh, Gold Batman, mm. uh, Gold Flash. Um, I can't remember the name of the Superman, but it does have a name. It's the one with the black and white suit. With the, uh, yeah, I forgot to. Yeah, uh, Green Lantern. As I'm flipping through these, um, kind of a classic uh, Hal Jordan Green Lantern, uh, mm-hmm. Sinestro. Uh, multicolored Batman, I believe this is Rainbow Batman. Uh, and then, yeah, there is that. So, yeah. Yeah, I was never a fan of the superpower style. Though, yes. you know, if I was a, you know, if I were a, a big time DC figure collector, um, I don't know if I'd be so enthusiastic about this. But hey, more power to you if you do love this superpower style. Indeed. Next up. All righty. Tom Taylor unveils a new DC super villain. So if you've been following the most recent DC comics news, you're probably aware that the Titans are being recalibrated to become the publisher's main team for the Dawn of DC initiative. Now with issue number one of Beast World out in the wild, writer Tom Taylor is teasing more about the future of the crossover event, the tangential series and the DC universe. So, um, okay. Uh, This is all going to serve all this Beast World stuff and Nightwing are going to serve as the launch pad for DC's newest supervillain, Apex Ava. Okay. So as this article says in the, in the, in the, under the pylon, she looks kind of familiar. If you're watching the video version, you, and you, you know, I think you may catch that. Uh, yeah, she kind of does. <laughs> you mean familiar to like a pre-existing DC character? to a pre-existing Marvel character. That too. Yes. But also, I mean, sure, I mean, I guess you could say Beast Boy or whatever it's going to be, but no. Just, just, yeah. Um, I mean, look, there's a history between both Marvel and DC of copying each other's characters. Not mm-hmm. saying that this is a copy of, of you know, any, pre, any pre-existing character, but yeah, looks-wise, sure. It's not the first time, won't be the last time. Right. Or has ever will be. All 10 DC Combat comics have been revealed. So in uh, November, DC announced a new line of graphic novels in their graphic novel slate called the DC Comic Comic Compact Comics, uh, featuring a five, uh, 5.5 inch, 5 by 5.8 inch standard book trim for trade paperback novels. The new format pulls the best-selling new reader-friendly titles from DC's Evergreen Library for $9.99. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, now the publisher has announced all 10 launch titles along with when they will be released in 2024. Um, what we got here, we got Watchmen, we got Batman Court of Owls, we got All-Star Superman, Far Sector, which is actually pretty good, Batman Hush, um, Wonder Woman Earth One, Harley Quinn and the Gotham City Sirens, Joker, uh, American Vampire Book One, Catwoman, Trailer to Catwoman, and that is that. So, uh, this sounded like what they did when they were putting books in Walmart, which I don't know if they're still doing that or not. I think they are, but, um, but they were basically putting, uh, like big size, giant size comic books in, in, in the, on the shelves, just for people kind of, New reader friendly bruised browse through. I don't know if this is that, but sure, why not? Uh, I don't know if this is actually say where where this is going, but I think that's probably coming later. 
but yeah, uh, check that out if you're interested. It looks like you can also pre-order them. Uh, next up, though. All right. Uh, this article is a first look at Serpentor Khan's surprise in Larry Hama and Chris Mooneyham's G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 303. So this is a preview for issue number 303. And you get some interior pages as well as the cover. And look, it's still fun, it's still fun to see uh, Larry Hama still chugging away doing some new – some follow-ups G.I. Joe stuff. Mm-hmm. So if Serpentor Khan kind of sounds familiar or maybe don't, if you don't know what's going on in the pages of Real American Hero, which a lot has happened, this Serpento is a thing based off of Genghis Khan. I do know that much uh, from kind of some breezing through a couple of issues recently. So I'm like, okay. Uh, matter of fact, yeah, I think this was before the changeover to uh, Skybound. I think I read a couple of them. I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and I still don't know, but the, but what I saw was kind of crazy. Anywho's, um, writer and editor Joseph P. Illich, which is a name uh, you may know in, in comic circles, and artist Criss Cross are teaming up to craft a no-holds-barred crime noir story set during the historic um, Harlem Renaissance called The Winter Fields. The two creators, both Milestone Comics veterans, will debut their new historical project with a short story that opens up the expanded uh, edition of the best-selling Fair Square Comics anthology Noir is the New Black, which goes on sale on uh, January 31st at comic shops and uh, February 14th, of course, at bookstores in celebration for Black History Month. The short story serves as a prelude to the upcoming full-length graphic novel, The Winter Fields, to be published in 2025 by Fair Square Comics under the com- company's Noir is the New Black imprint. So, yeah, if that is of inter- interest uh, to you, which, to me, and I'm not saying the, the, the two equates, but uh, Bitterroot kind of comes uh, come to mind in, in a certain way to me, and that kind of appeals to me a little bit. Um, and like I said, if, if you've been in comic circles long enough, you know who Joseph P. Illich is, um, you know, and the very curious, he's a longtime editor of, 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 uh, like the article says, uh, milestone in other places. Oh shit. Age of seven has got the volleyball about, we're about to get some high key up in this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but last no, story. I, I just know, okay. I just, I just, uh, you know, it's, know. we're, we're close to the end of the show. It's mm-hmm. our next to last story, but I do, I wanted to, to, to mention, that I do have, it's not a, a toy corner, but it is a, a new, uh, a new thing I wanted to, uh, show on the, on the show before we closed. Okay, sure. Well, last story then. So DSTLRY Distillery has launched its beta V version 0.1 desktop reader at distillery.co with the digital release of the Devil's Cut. The digital debut of the Devil's Cut is the first step towards a full mobile experience and marketplace scheduled to debut in 2024. The digital price of The Devil's Cut will be $6.66, right on target. Distillery is recommending customers use the desktop reading experience. Mobile reading is available, but not fully stable in this beta version 0.1 release. So check out this video. Um, So this uh, premiere issue features 11 knockout short stories from the publisher's all-star lineup of founding creators and friends. So, yeah, there's some some names here. So... uh, you know, including Jock, Tula Lote, and Becky Cloonan. So, you know, you may want to check this stuff out. 
I thought we stopped doing the whole no vowels thing back in the dot-com bust. Oh, it's old as new again. I guess. That, so when I first saw this, I was like, really? Are we still doing this? I'm like, come on. We, this, you're, you know. But the, I guess the, the big takeaway is, this, like, okay, there's a beta for a new um, comics reader, which that is the, probably the more promising thing, especially in the wake of um, uh, Comicsology's demise recently. Like, full official demise, because the app got swallowed up in the um, uh, uh, um, Amazon Kindle. As Kindle we talked about, yeah. So, I, I, wait, have you have, have they actually deactivated Comicsology? I haven't checked. I actually have yeah. been using Kindle. That happened, yeah. That happened. I believe it. it that happened like on the fifth, right? Yeah, yeah, that happened on the fifth, and I, I haven't. I still have it installed on on my tablet, but haven't checked to see what if it's. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is like I haven't actually tried to open it, so I'm actually mildly curious to see what happens if I try to open it like right. now. Um, but um, but yeah. Oh, look, it opens. Oh, really? I'll be damned. It opened. Pro- I probably can't add anything. You probably can't do right. much. You know, I'm just. I can just see what is uh, on my Comicsology Unlimited account. That's it. But if you can, yeah. But if you still, if you have anything downloaded and you still read it, that's actually fairly interesting. But right, still dead. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Oh. No, it's pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much, you know, like anything that was in my library. <laughs> there's a few things that are here from my prime reading library, but I think everything, uh, if it's not Comicsology Unlimited, everything is over on Kindle now. Right. Which, so, yeah, all right. All right, folks, that so is that's it. The last story? That is it. You said you had something. Yes, I had one thing I wanted to show. So I did, uh, I treat, you know, I, I, you know, what was it, Parks and Rec? Um, treat yourself, right? Yes. I treated myself to something. I guess it's an early Christmas present. Uh, I saw uh, an old friend, an old classmate of mine in, uh, at Mad Wing 97s, posted something into, you know, into an internal chat, you know, a group chat that I'm a part of. And I was like, ooh, I need to get that. Roddy Cat, I think, is familiar with this conversation, with this description, because it's something that he and I had talked about buying. Saw it on, you know, I saw it on Amazon, saw it in person. And I was like, you know what? I'll get around to buying this at some point. And then it went out of print. And then it got to be hard to find. And then it got to be expensive on Amazon. But then we saw that uh, that used um, that used graphic novel seller has a, a store on Amazon and they're selling a slightly dinged version, a slightly dinged copy for cover price, you know, no, no, no markup. So what did I do? <laughs> oh, what did I do? <laughs> yes. The omnibus. Look at this sucker. The omnibus. Of the Marvel, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, a deluxe edition. Tap that Joker a couple of times. What's that? Tap that Joker a couple of times. So I didn't know it's real. Yeah. That's a chunky Look boy. Look at this. This thing is gigantic. Right? And I'll tell you that um, this is not the version of the handbook that's closest to my heart. Because we're old school. The OG handbook is actually the one that's closest to my heart. But this one is the one that came out and had that many more characters, 
that many more uh, uh, weapons, that many more things included in it. But that first one is always going to be a little closer to my heart, right? I may end up trying to track down the omnibus for that, the color omnibus for that. Right. But this one is just really nice to look at. Um, I mean, look at this. Hawkeye Sky Cycle. Oh, hold on. Oh, Hawkeye Sky Cycle next to Hella by Walt Simonson. I may have to turn off my virtual uh, background for that. So, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty. What's that? With, you can see the insides of it, like a tech manual type situation. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm going to just turn it off right now very quickly. And just for the video, folks, look at this. There we go. Oh, oh my goodness. Look at that. So cool. <laughs> so cool. Right? Omnibus, folks. You know what? All this information is online. Right? But there's nothing like having this OG version that you can flip through, you know, for fun. This is true. And I am not entirely sure if they have. Well, I, I think they do, but I can't remember if they even have the copies of the Ohatmu on Marvel Unlimited or not. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so, because I think there's some licensed properties that are in here. Yeah, I'm actually going to look right now. I don't think they do. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't think so either. Um, but like I said, I'm just gonna give a little quick check. You know. Oh wait. Well, they have it listed, but they don't have. Let's see. And it seems like. Okay, no, they don't even have those ones. Look, they have Rom Space Knight in here. <laughs> Rom freaking Space Knights. So they have the they have the O four they have listed the um, the O four through O the twenty ten versions of the O Hotmu, not the original, right? They probably don't want to confuse anybody, to be honest. Well, even then, um, see the index. You know what? I would rather them have, but anyway, I, I somewhere I feel like somewhere in probably my garage I have a full or near full set of the originals in. At least I'm hoping that I still do uh, in 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 plastic in a box. Right. So. I mean, I have this in black and white, mm-hmm. right? In the 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 newsprint omnibus, right? But to see it in color is obviously that much cooler. Right. So, and like I said, like we said, it's a chunky boy, and it's just like, hey, pull that Joker out and just flip through. Yeah, you know. yeah. Just set it on the desktop, or set it in like a book stand. I have a book stand that I can. I would love to just like have this up, you know, get and sworn in and by just... it. <laughs> get sworn in by it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, win public office. Yeah. You know, uh, get a judgeship. You know, yeah. get appointed as a judge. <laughs> You just have to get one in, like, like, you know, just hey, why not? Sky's the limit. That's funny <laughs> as hell. All right. Anyway, all right. So, so, so we've been at this for a while, folks. We got to sign off. Still got things to do to get ready for the work week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll hit you guys with an ad read and we will close up shop. Our last ad read of the night. You know what it is when it's late. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. 
Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Now, if you shop at Amazon often, especially during this holiday season, this holiday season, please make sure to bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so that you can help the CSPN each time you order. We thank you for your support. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks, we have come to the end of another fine show. Thank you for uh, anybody who happens to be here, whether, uh, you know, watching us record during the video or come after the fact during the audio or watching the video even after the end, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We appreciate you. Um, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Threads! Uh, PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com is always on umbrella sites therein. And uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, V-Click Nation on Twitter, which is T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word. Um, but also, most notably, as for mentioned previously he's over at comicbook.com writing his face off look for a timothy adams because that is his name uh you could find us on the coast of the podcast network that's espn.us do it today us anyway um if you're old you know that reference um you can also find us on your podcast pros or place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple, iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yo. Um, you can also... And we will actually will be recording um, every Thursday night, 9.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, which is our normal regular time on the uh, Click Nation YouTube channels. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know that when we are on live and broadcasting and recording. Leave us all the positive reviews as well. Yeah. Um, like like we said, we'll be back next Thursday. Well, we'll be back Thursday because if you did not know, we were recording on a Sunday, so this is going to come out probably a couple of days before that next one gets recorded. Synergy, things happen. Or things oh. happen. It's not even synergy, but. <laughs> uh, and with that, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. And knowing is half the battle. Sayonara, bye-bye. Please take care of yourself. 